Blog Talk Radio. Quiet. (laughs) 
I'm going out in 2000. God bless me to live for 2000, uh, the, the rest of this year, which I plan on living. But listen, I'm going, I got to do something in 2022. We can't have this. I got to be somewhere. <laughs> I don't stay home enough, okay? But I had a great time. Like I said, I was back in Kansas City. I didn't, uh, I left, um, I had a great time in Kansas City during my holiday. Uh, since I was there from Thanksgiving to Christmas, I had a great time. My grandparents, hilarious as always, okay? tell you you know what my grand like every year it's the same thing my grandmother would be complaining about trees and stuff like she don't want on and then when it's up like it's like my grandfather was saying the other night she want to keep it up she want it on all night <laughs> she wants you to take down her trees and be the main one complaining about putting them up but then when she was up when it's up when she don't do she don't be doing no work but when it's up like she she wanted to stay up <laughs> crazy okay and then when i was home i got to do I was like, you know, I was riding around. My, I, I probably just took my grandfather's car. My grandfather got a new car, and I was just like, I just fell in love with his car. I was just driving it around, <laughs> going places, and I, it, it was so crazy. I just, I had a really good time at home. I really did, and just hanging out with my grandparents, just me and them, it's always amusing, and it's always, you know, you learn so much. And them getting older, you know. I'll tell you, there are so many. I'm thankful that they're uh, still very independent, but there are still some things where you're going like, oh, my God. So, you know, like you, you, and I'm the main caregiver, so so it's always kind of like, oh, like, oh, I need to get that done. I need to get this done. Oh, I need to get that. So it's always kind of crazy for those of you who are out there and you have elderly parents who are getting older and you're having to take care of them or watch out for them. It's always something, Okay. And this time it's some, you know, a slot's going on with your home because your home's getting older and you're just like, all this shit has to get fixed up. And you're like, damn. <laughs> so it's always, it's just, it's just something, right? But I'm so grateful they're still in their house and they get to live in their house and everything like that because, you know, it's just crazy in uh, other, you know, places where there are a lot of older people and stuff like that. So uh, it's just a blessing, okay? So, yeah. Uh, did you guys get the vaccine yet? She has got the vaccine. <laughs> I have a friend who got the vaccine. She works in the medical field. And, you know, she was saying uh, on her Facebook page she hasn't had any um, any symptoms. I was actually surprised this friend got one because I know if she got one that she that she must really believe it's safe because she's really uh, uh, like a, like, no, no, no. And she got one. If I was still in the healthcare place, I would have to get probably get one. You, you, they, they try to put pressure on you to get one. And later on, we're going to talk about that too a little bit. In health, some healthcare workers are flat out refusing to have this vaccination, and I can't blame them because you really need to. It really needs to be out for a while for people to get used to it and things like that. And you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. You know, I'm, I'm anti. Uh, uh, not knowing about vaccines, okay? Because I've had vac. I mean, my grandmother didn't get uh, one of the vaccines. My grandmother didn't get me, and I actually had the measles, but they still wanted me to get the vaccine as I got older uh, because I was at a hospital working at a hospital. They didn't put pressure on me, but I just went ahead and did it because um, it was a measles outbreak or something like that. And I actually had it, but my grandmother didn't get. The uh, measles shot, I guess I hadn't had it. I brought in my records, and they were like, oh, you didn't get the measles shot. So I asked my grandmother, I goes, why Why didn't you get the measles shot? She said, uh-uh, because back in those days, those was giving kids a certain thing, and I didn't want you to have it yet. 
<laughs> so so that's why so I had to get it when I got older. So it really and I had no it it didn't affect me that I know of. I had no effect. I really didn't I barely felt it. I mean, I think the next day I had a little arm pain where it was at, but I didn't feel it. So, you know, some vaccines have have been very good, especially for the 20th century vaccines like for measles, polio, and stuff like that have made tremendous strides, okay? But however, I do believe I don't I do believe the pharmaceutical industry has gotten so financially uh they're so I'm going to just straight straight up say it, greedy. <laughs> we have greed and we're in an era of really greed and um all kinds of control mechanisms, social engineering and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily trust things as readily when they when they they come out. I mean, I don't the flu shot. I I I I don't I don't ever get right. So, but and I've had the flu several times. But uh, back in the day, I mean, I had the I haven't had it in a while. But I had the flu once with uh, when when I came back from the uh, Grant Park. I had the flu. I was like, I actually had to go to the hospital. So, uh, but I just didn't trust it, and there's so many things. Now it's gotten tremendously better, the flu shot has. I mean, they, they've worked on it over the years, and it's gotten a lot better if you read on it. But I actually just feel like people have to uh, be able to know and research these vaccinations and these vaccines. Because like I told y'all, y'all don't want to get out here and get the I Am Legend. That ain't I, they didn't make that movie. Hey, I don't. I, movies are powerful. They influence, and those types of movies, you know what I'm saying. Uh, sometimes it can be truth and it's truth and that type of thing. And you know, people are crazy when it comes to money. You know what I'm saying. So we'll talk about vaccinations and stuff a little bit later on in the show. We got a few articles that touch on that. So I'm just telling y'all out here, be very careful. I actually even got a letter, in which was I was shocked because, you know, at my grandparents' house. Like, I got a letter there, you know, because sometimes I still get mail at my grandparents. And they they were asking me to take the vaccine, and they would pay me, like, so much. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, just crazy, okay? So just just be careful out there when taking, getting vaccinated. And I know times is hard and everything like that, but you don't want to do something permanent, I mean, that could cause you damage for a long run just for some cash or whatever. Make sure you just research it and get to know uh, what the vaccine is about before, you know, you you go in there and, you know, do it, okay, or watch, maybe wait a minute, okay? Um, and, you know, I keep thinking this is not going to be the only virus and only disease that comes, you know what I'm saying? I just I, I want people to understand that and Every time are they going to be creating vaccines real fast? Every time are we going to be shutting down? Um, I, I just I I feel they've done uh, the world has been reset in a very in some ways it's been good but in a lot of ways it's been bad. So when you see a reset like this, and I'm in a few minutes and it's a word I'm going to talk about the power of influence and us going into 2021 because I feel like that's where we're really going to have to pay attention. You know, uh, what influences you, what uh, what causes you to do things and stuff like that. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, you know, we really have to look at the resetting of society that's just happened. There's been a major reset, and I don't think a lot of people understand it, really. I really don't. Um Okay, so let's get into my little television shows that I got to watch. Okay, my God. Power. 
I just say, Courtney Kemp? You're good, girl. Now, I did have a few complaints, though, after seeing. I watched the other episode again the other day, and I had a lot of questions because my the back of my mind keeps going, why doesn't anybody know Ghost? I mean, it's just that those type of things irritate me because Ghost was major. So I'm like, what the – it just seems like the Tejadas and people like that would know who Ghost was. I mean, I just feel like Tyreek is being – so has an amateur right now, and I can't buy Ty- people believing Tyreek's an amateur. I mean, there is, and Tasha's like an amateur. It's like it's like they've had a reset on it, and they're ignoring all these things that, um, you know, that ghost used to be. Actually, I when I really thought about it the other day, and before I get into the last episode, when I really thought about power the other day, I thought to myself, I said, really, I could have solved this in the first week. Because it's really easy for somebody like Tyreek to go in there and admit he killed his father. Because most people thought Ghost was a a narcissist, crazy drug dealer. Okay? So most people thought that. So it wouldn't be a far fetch for a son to kill his father, and probably without doing time. I mean, they could probably make it a lot of things. Right, so I did. I never understood that whole Tyreek being scared to tell and all that stuff. I just, I just thought it would be easy to kill ghosts and get away with it. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, Carla, that's because you hate ghosts. No, no, it's really. I have. I just always thought that. And I also was thinking. I mean, I just let me see. I thought she's gonna have a show about Kanan. I really, to be honest, I'm gonna just be honest with you, okay? I'm gonna be honest, Courtney, and and it looked good, but I actually don't care. Like Kanan, aside from the from the core group of power, I mean, I kind of don't care. And it's like I know Joseph Sakura, who plays Tommy, is going. And I hope I said his name right. Is going to get his own show, but I don't want him to. And. and, and and, and the part, the reason why is because I love the ensemble of Power, and I think that Tommy is needed on Power Book Three. I think that character is is needed. I think uh, a lot of the characters, like I think the Lorenz Tate character is needed. I don't think he needs his own show. I think he's needed on that show. I think they make a great ensemble all together. And Tyreek growing into this leading man, I am loving. Okay, I love that kid is carrying that that weight, and I really, I love it. I, I think it's pretty dope. Okay, and next week I think he's going to be the star of the show. I think he's going to, you know, do even. I love they had him dressed in a red suit, so you know he's about to do something really devilish. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I mean. So this last power, I don't want to – well, no, if you guys haven't seen Power, if you're watching Power Book 2, Ghost, you know, you might want to turn me off because I'm probably going to make a spoiler. But Tyreek is – backs up against the wall. He almost gets killed by Monet, played by Mary J. Blige. Let me just say this. Stop right here. Mary J. is getting better as the show goes along. She really is. But the problem with Mary J., and I don't know if that's – something that Courtney is asking of that character. But I always feel like Monet is disconnected. Like, I mean, I see, I feel like that character, like Mary playing that character is still disconnected. Like, this, she's distant in a, like, I feel like Monet, and maybe that's what she wants from Monet. Monet is the type of person you never really get to know. Like, I feel like Monet, 
Her name reminds me of one of my aunts. I have an aunt. I'm going to say <laughs> But one of my aunts, she's like, she has this personality. She's beautiful, but she has this personality like you never really will know her. Like, you know, and over the years I remember being around her, and I feel like she always, you, you never, like it was she's kind of hard. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Monet is maybe that's what she's doing with Mary J, that Monet has to be this distant character. Because, like, I almost feel like Mary J is disconnected from the cast. Like, I, it's almost like I don't feel her chemistry with everybody else. Like, I feel like she's talking apart from everybody, and maybe that's what Monet needs to do. I don't You know what it seems like to me, and I'm probably so wrong on this, and if I'm wrong, you know, y'all forgive me, okay? But this is what I, it feels like. It feels like Mary J just came in and met the cast, and then, and like, she she says her lines and her roles and bounces. Like, she don't really get to know the people. It seems like she's not connected. Like, the like the rest of the cast, I feel, is, uns- has a, is an ensemble, like, connected. But Mary, I always feel, comes into the room, and she's, even though she's playing this hard character, she seems so disconnected. I don't know what, and maybe that's how she's supposed to be in our eyes. Maybe that's the character of Monet is supposed to be disconnected. So I try, I'm trying to ignore that part. But Mary J has played that role really, really good. But last week she was Tyreek was getting ready to kill her. Cause, I mean, she was getting ready to kill Tyreek because Tyreek didn't have her money. But ends up the, the uh, uh, Rico, who's played by what's that guy's name? I forget that guy's name. Rico's played by, but it's pretty funny that he's playing Rico. But the guy who's playing Rico, uh, they come to shoot up Mary J and actually Tyreek. They come to shoot up, take the Tejadas out the game, and Tyreek ends up saving uh, the daughter. And it, it just gets, it's just, it's, it's like one of the craziest, probably the craziest episode from Power Book 2. Okay, but also Tyreek finds out that uh, uh, that his lawyer, which is played by Method Man, and his, uh, and, and uh, Saks, which, you know, we all know Sax is are, are, are trying to get together and get him in jail for killing his father and get his mother off. Just crazy, okay? So Tyreek finds out this, and Tyreek comes, is coming up with a plan to kind of beat it out. Hey, listen, the show is awesome. I, I, I don't even – I think it's better than Power. Let me tell you why I think it's better than Power Power. Because I love that this is that they're using this backdrop of this Ivy League school, and what Tyreek brings to the character that Ghost did, Omar Tyree, Omar, what Omari didn't, what Omari uh, didn't bring in some senses is Omari was more mature and from the streets, but Tyreek has been raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. But he had the advantage of having two street parents who were still in the game, even though they had become wealthy. So you get this other element with Tyreek, this kid that's grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth but had access to the hood. God, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, I can't wait to see what she does with all of this because it's so much there. And so, to me, Tyreek can be more of an intriguing drug lord. Uh, and because I always thought Tommy and Ghost were like one step from jail. I thought they were always really dumb. I don't feel that way with Tyreek. I feel that Tyreek makes little mistakes, but Tyreek is essentially really smart as hell. So I love that. I love that he has this. He's like his father. Got the street smarts, but he's also highly intelligent. 
Quaylen while he's in jail, starts writing Quaylen, starts trying to take care of him and everything, which I, which I got so I'm gonna say something about this because I, because this is this specific story on Love After Lockup has really gotten on my nerves. Okay, so she uh, she holds him down during the time he's in jail and everything. He comes out of jail and he's not so sure he wants to get married. Okay, the guy was 16 or 17 goes in when he goes in jail, but. Quaylen's waiting there, Quay or whatever her name is, is waiting there, uh, JaVale is waiting there wanting him to uh, marry and become an instant daddy to her child, okay? And he's like, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to get out here and trying to find me my way again, trying to get do some music or whatever. Now, his mom wants him to live in Houston because the environment in Kansas City, she felt, is what got him put in jail okay so she wants him to come to houston with his family he's got a great support system around him but immediately javel starts to challenge it because she wants him in kansas city to be an instant daddy and husband to her and her child okay meanwhile javel's buy him a truck and buy him all the little trappings and everything to get him you know to stay there and he ends up staying in kansas city okay but he goes to Houston and he visits, you know, his family and everything. And you know, I'm, I'm so far in the journey. What I've seen now, Javale's confusing. I mean, accusing him of cheating on her and not wanting to marry him. And here's the whole thing. I found her to be very manipulative. I found the whole situation because, and I said she's not. She doesn't really care about him. And the whole thing is that because she, you know, she's like, I'm not moving. To, I'm not gonna move. She, I'm not gonna move to Texas. She did, to me, she wasn't thinking about what was best for him from the beginning, like his parent, his mom was. She was. Just, she's talking about he's grown and he can do this, but he's been in jail since his teen years. So technically, he's coming out of jail a 16 year old. You know, his maturity level is mature on some ends, but for the world, he's coming out in his youth and. She's instantly trying to because she's paid for him and everything. It's really one of the highest, and this and this is for most of these people, including the men and the women who do this. But they try to control these people who are essentially down on their luck, and some and the, and the jail people are manipulating them too because they need money while they're in jail. So it's a whole manipulative situation, okay? But when these people come out of jail, they. It's the people on the outside immediately expect them to take some responsibility. And the first thing I would ask, especially a guy, a young guy like Quaylen, I would ask about JaVale is why you couldn't get nobody on the outside? And why are you looking instantly for me to be a daddy to your child? <laughs> I've been in jail for 12 years. I mean, it's the craziest shit you ever want to see. And she's mad now. She's angry. She's like, I put everything into him. No, you didn't. You expected to control him. And I I just saw this whole scenario, and I was like, you know, this dude needs to run his far away to his family in Houston as he can and reground himself because, listen, all she's going to do, you don't have no kids right now. It don't look like you got no kids. On the show, they ain't said he got no kids. But she's trying to make him an instant daddy. She's trying to get him to marry her, and immediately she's going to give him kids. And he's not prepared because he's straight from jail. And that's going to put more pressure on this guy who's just gotten out of jail, who who obviously had a troubled youth and can't get his head on straight, and you trying to fucking make him an instant daddy and an instant uh, 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 husband out of jail? Is you crazy? 
Like, you don't really, do you really even care about him? I think she's just looking for some sort. It's, it, it's like the most highly manipulative craziness I've ever seen. And this is constant on this show. I mean, there are constant couples like this on this show, constant, where people expect these people to come out of jail and to literally clean up, marry them, and 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 and, and not you know not be affected from just the whole strain of being in jail. Then you got this one dude, and I can't even remember his name. Okay, but he does He barely knows this girl. He puts his. He's been talking to her for year a couple years in jail. He puts his fifty. He puts his house up. His house up. For bail for her, $50,000. He puts his house up. Beautiful home he's got, okay? Puts his house up, and she gets out of jail, right, to help her with her with her next jail. When her next, so she, she has to appear in court or else he'll lose his house, okay? So he starts to have a relationship with her, moves her in. She's crazy, okay? She She's going off about his baby mama. He got six kids with another woman because he was married to another woman. She's upset. She don't want to talk to the other woman, but he got kids with the other woman, okay? And she is literally acting a fool. I mean, I'm like, girl, you can't beggars can't be choosy. You straight out of fucking jail. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and she's just tormenting this guy. I mean, she runs off with his car. She just, it's the craziest shit ever. <laughs> a pure mess. But I love watching it. I really do, but it really just shows, like, how humanity, in some senses, we sometimes are so, like, fucking idiots. We're crazy, okay? We're nuts. <laughs> and so this is one of the things, to me, uh, uh, to me, Love After Lockup hits uh, at the core of some human uh, human weirdness that we have. Things that we tend to do and that are not good, you know, it's crazy. It is really nuts. And I have a friend who, you know, I like who who's been on and off with a guy in jail. I'm like, you know, really, like, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like, is it? Re- I mean, I mean, and, and he's doing time, 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 like time. This show, if you guys get a chance, for those of you who watch Love After Lockup, you know what I'm talking about, the nuttiness of it. For those of you who don't, you get a chance to watch it. I mean, you don't have to ruin your brain cells, but if you like to, <laughs> watch it. And I'll probably be talking about more of it as I catch up. I'm just now really starting to catch up. Oh, and there's this other girl, too. She's she's Mormon. I got to talk about this part. She's Mormon. She's from Utah, right? Black lady. She has two children. No, three children. Once she had, she got pregnant by her her now husband, who they got pregnant when she 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 met him while he was in jail. They got pregnant having sex in the uh, 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 I guess they paid to have sex in the uh, uh, some sort of lockup or something in the locker thing. They paid a guard or something like that. It was something like the cop closet or something, the closet in jail or whatever. She got pregnant that way, and now she got third kid. <laughs> I bet, but she's been dating this guy for a long time because the kid's like seven or eight or something like that that now, okay? Or five or six or something like that. But the whole thing is that she's doing the same thing to him. She's He's got out of jail. She's expecting him to be an instant family guy. 
And this guy, you know, he's like, you know, she wants him to move to Utah. She's really trying to be bougie, like, you know. And I'm like, bitch, you had sex in a a, a, a deal closet and got pregnant. You don't have no room to be bougie. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, and she's always talking about her Mormon faith, but she do crazy shit. It, it's just hilarious, okay? It's a show that you just got to watch. This is the nuttiest. I mean, I mean, it's one of the nuttiest shows ever on TV, okay? So that's where I am with, for those of you who asked about love after uh, lockup. And so I just, listen, if you're dating a person in jail, let me just say this, okay? People come out of jail in time morphs, okay? They, they... They especially uh, uh, when a guy's gone in has a young man and he's come out and and you ladies are expecting him to instantly marry you or to instantly like get in a relationship. To me, that's a lot of pressure for someone. And the most important thing that you can do for a person who's just coming out of a situation like that is to give love them. Yes, have your continue have a relationship, but give them space. Let them grow. Let them let them figure it all out because they just got out on the outside. Like, don't give them your kid time. Like, can you be a daddy to my kid? Like, bitch, that's your mistake. I mean, <laughs> give that man a chance. <laughs> that ain't his kid. So it's just, and then, you know, it's also has people you need to be careful about letting your children around people. You don't know them yet. So it's just, it's just, it's just a very, uh, Interesting thing. I mean, this is, this is for people out there who are trying to do the love after lockup thing. You know, please recognize that those people have been in jail and they need to come out and they need as less pressure on them as possible so that they could. Because part of the reason they may be in jail, not everybody is. Uh, some people are innocent, but for the most part, a lot of some people have went in there because they couldn't handle the pressures and they did something crazy. And the last thing they need is a whole bunch of pressure that forces them back in. And so if you're trying to give them an instant family, that could force them back in. You always try to do what's best for the person to help them. But, you know, who am I? Y'all crazy. Y'all desperate as hell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's my reality TV breakdown and television breakdown this week. Okay, what else did I see? Did I see anything else on television I wanted to talk to y'all about? Oh, my God. Oh, I saw Wonder Woman. You know what? I love the love story, okay? I do love the love story. And I got to admit, a little tear came to my eye when she had to give him back. Oof. But for the most part, oh, my God, it was tragic. I mean, it wasn't that great, okay? I, I mean, I like the Wonder Woman, and I love the story of Wonder Woman, okay? But... I mean, it was okay. There were some highlights and not so good highlights. I love the idea of having it in the 80s. But it was just, I don't know, it was something missing from it. It just was weird. I don't know, it was something missing from it, okay? Uh, I don't know. And then I watched Ma Rainey, okay? Let me just say this about Viola Davis. I mean, it, it's, I, I know the script was from a, a play, you know, August Wilson play. It was, it was okay. I like August Wilson, but it was okay. But uh, let me just say this about Viola Davis. Oh, my God. Which is, you know, I don't know why they did not give her the role of Harriet Tubman, okay? Listen here, okay? Just I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Viola Davis is cold. 
Okay. I'm putting her up there in Angela Bassett, uh, uh, Lynn Whitfield status. Angela Bassett and Lynn Whitfield are no jokes. <laughs> so I, I, I lift her to that status and, 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 and Meryl Streep status for me because those are all, those three are, those are like, I mean, Viola Davis is just she is crazy. She she was great in this movie. Okay, I love to see her play in a more bi- biographical movie about Ma Rainey. That would be really neat. Now let me talk about Chadwick Boseman. Man, y'all better give him that. Man, man, it took y'all too damn long. He should have got it for Jackie Robinson. He should have got it for uh, James Rapp. At least a nod. Okay, he better get it for Ma Rainey because listen, let I mean he was a true. I, which I've been saying for years, he was a trip. I have been saying for years. I said, no, nah, it ain't Michael B. Jordan coming from uh, Denzel. Hell no. It is uh, definitely uh, Chadwick Boseman. I, I mean, the boy, his accent was great, and they should give it to him and allow his wife to come and take her. Just a great actor. Just really great. Okay. The this movie itself, okay. I mean, the play itself, uh, okay. But the, but the the them, I mean, they elevated this, elevated the play so much. So, yeah, great ensemble of cast too. Okay, just great, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, just so I just want to say that for the. What else did I see? I did not get to see uh, Soul Man yet. I got it. Damn it, I still got Disney Plus. I told y'all how I got. Damn it, Beyonce's ass. I need to build Beyonce's ass. I don't know what my ass is still doing with Disney. It's like my ass still, I found out a couple of months ago, I still had title. Like on one, I was like, ah! <laughs> I'm paying for title. I was like, what the hell are you paying for title for? I want my credit card. I got to make sure I ain't paying for that shit no more. Because like you know what I did, I'm like I actually not a subscription. I mean like the, you know when you make up you you get a, you you go in and you get like uh you fake a, you get a fake email so you get the su- su- subscription again for another three months or whatever get the deal. I let the deal go too far. <laughs> That's what I did with Disney Plus ass too. I gotta stop this shit. It's a new year. I gotta stop this shit right now. It's a couple of them I gotta stop. Couple of these subscriptions I gotta stop. Stop. But Disney Plus, what is it down there? Soul. What's the Jamie Foxx thing? I forget the name of it. But I don't want to. You know what? I complained about this with Will Smith's show too. I don't want to see nothing where no black person is gonna turn into a bird. Okay. I just. I I don't want to see a cartoon where we turn into birds. I mean, and animals and walking around. I just. And I've already heard the script for it. I'm gonna watch it, but I already heard it. And, uh, I, I'm funny because I say I look beyond what you're trying to say. You know that shit. I don't get caught up in the emotion of like, oh no. I look like why the hell you turn into a bird and shit. For those of you who ain't seen, don't get mad at me. But you turned into a bird out here. I, but, but I'll give you. I'll watch it and give y'all a review of it. Okay. I listened to somebody Vet Cornell's review, and I know I was like, you know, I think like that when I watch movies. So I, I probably was like, mm. Mm-mm. Moment I heard about Bird, I was like, oh no, because I talked about this with Will Smith. That's why I refused to see that Will Smith thing or something when it came out. Because I was like, ain't no why you got to turn into a damn bird. There's just so many things to that. But okay, yeah. So that was about the movies over the holidays. I got to watch. I think that's all the movies I, I watch. Uh, so you guys, we got to get into this. It's a word, okay? 
it's a word today. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting because I think feel like it's a word. I guess we're gonna I'm gonna kind of talk about throughout the show a little bit today. But my it's a word for those of you who are new listening to the show and you're just now joining in the show in 2021. Welcome. Uh, but I do this little segment called it's a word, and it's where I just kind of give you motivation or or my thoughts about um, from the week or or something that inspired and encouraged me or something like that, okay? And sometimes it's not even inspiration. It's just something I just want to talk about. And this week, I was just thinking, what is 2021? You know, how do how do I look at 2021, you know? And here's, you know, some I, I to me, I always go back to history because, to me, history is a great teller of where we're going. History sometimes has a tendency to repeat itself. I mean, even we, we kind of repeated ourselves in some of the things that happened this summer, happened almost 100 years ago, too, so it, uh, it, in a different time element, but it's some of the same things, okay, uh, like racial unjust and stuff, racial ingest and all this stuff was going on even then, okay, uh, 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 protests, all kind of stuff, all right, but here's one that's come a couple of things I, I thought about, 21, uh, 21 is the sign of, you know, think about it in our own life, when you turn 21, is the sign of, it's a new it's a new time. You've outgrown something. You've become mature. Uh, it's a reset. It's the entrance into adulthood, right? Uh, it is a sign of maturity, right? Um, change, right? Uh, 21 is associated with so many things. It's three sevens, right? Three sevens, three sevens. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So levels of completion. Yeah, because seven is the number of completion. So it's a... It's a you know, we're we're coming into a set of completion of things, okay, a new decade, new beginnings of things, okay. And, you know, I look back at the 1920s and I was like, what was it, what was going on? And here's one of the interesting facts. And it actually made me kind of look at Biden a little bit different. Okay, did you know that in 1921 a Scorpio's president had just become president? And it's a Scorpio now that's president? Yeah. Pretty interesting, right? <laughs> okay, and it's it's not surprising to me that a Scorpio, uh, and it was Harding. Harding was president uh, during that time. Now, Harding died in office at 57 years old. He died two years into office, okay? During the time of his presidency, he was beloved, but afterwards, all kind of scandals just found out there was all kind of bullshit to his presidency, okay? All kind of shit was breaking out, okay? He had all kind of underground shit going on. When he died in office, and people found out that shit, like he was having affairs and shit, he was doing all kind of wild shit. <laughs> what Scorpio shit? You a dark ass Scorpio? You do some wild shit, okay? Oh, even us good angel Scorpios, we're dark. We do shit, crazy shit, okay? So that's interesting. I found that very interesting that we're entering now. We're entering into the twenties, a hundred years later, maybe with a Scorpio. Interesting, okay. And he died in office, not wishing Joe Biden any bad luck, but, you know, I'm not. But I'm just saying, you know, he's kind of older, you know, and he does have scandal kind of following him. I hope, you know, I don't want him to die, but I'm just saying that it's, it's that's interesting that 100 years ago, but this Scorpio was much younger than Joe Biden. He was like 57, but remember the age expectancy in the 1920s was like 47 years old or something. So, so, uh, so. Very, uh, it's a very interesting to read about the 20s. Now, we, what happened in the 20s, we went into the roaring 20s right before the Great Depression, okay? I don't know. 
if we're going to see a roaring, because there is a reset. Now, in the 20s, there was a reset of technology, okay, because we, it was that uh, electricity time or more electricity was being used more in houses, and it was a sort of technology age coming uh, coming to age a little bit for that time, okay, in terms of electri- electricity and uh, things like that, coming new things coming to um uh, and I think automobiles were even more in use and stuff like that. So some people even caught it the age of the automobile and stuff like that. So uh, there was a lot of new things being added to society, and there was a resetting going on because it was after a pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there is uh, society always has resets. <laughs> Right, and so uh, what is it that I can, what I want to say to you guys about uh, looking at the backdrop of all this and what happened in the uh, 1920s and how you should look at 2021, okay? To me, if 2020 showed anything, it wasn't just about perception because I think it was definitely about being perception and vision, and I think you have to still keep that going into 2020, your perception clear and your vision clear. And part of that is because I think what you're going to see more of is the power of influence. I mean, we're in the age of, some people say the age of Aquarius now. Some people think this is the official age of Aquarius now and that we've entered and that uh, truth will be brought to light, okay? But one of the great, I also think that it's part of truth. A partner with truth is always influence, okay? And uh, I think that people are going to find them, people who have influence are going to find themselves um, maybe being held more responsible for it. Maybe. Strong maybe, okay? Um I just want to say this. I feel like the deception will be thick. It will be thick deception. So you still going to have to have your vision glasses on, okay? It's going to be some thick-ass deception, okay? So, and I think one of the biggest things we will see is, um, again, persuasion, not persuade, the power to persuade and influence. But you have to remember these two things are, to my personal opinion, are Greater than currency And You know Because if you have the power to Just think about it You don't have to have money Right There are some people Who don't have money Like Uh uh, but they have they have a tremendous power to influence, tremendous. I mean, think about people like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, okay? Dr. King and Malcolm X, when they died, they, a lot of people said they didn't have a lot of money. They were, they, you know, but their influence was, their influence was so huge. When they spoke, they, they spoke with such power, especially Malcolm. Malcolm was really speaking literally to the grassroots, right? And so that... Power, which I'm going to talk about Malcolm a little bit later on into this, okay, because I want to talk about celebrities and influence too. But the power of their influence, uh, their currency their currency was their influence. 
And I think we're going to recognize now people's power, their their power to influence and persuade more. Okay, they're going to be the wise that are going to re- recognize it. And who? So this is what I'll just say to you guys: Who? Uh, this is what I want you to think about as you're going into 2021. As we're into 2021, I want you to think: Who do you have the power to influence and persuade, and how do you utilize that power? Because it's going to be very important this year. How you will utilize your power, because it's going to be, I think, part of our your power, if you have the power to influence and persuade, it is going to be part of your currency. Part of the thing that takes you to where you go, currency, your part, your money, your, your part of your, your uh, uh uh, power uh, to, it will, it will be greater to you, of greater use to you than even money. Okay. And so, uh, I think you have to also know, uh, pay attention to who and what you are influenced by, because I think we're going to be, begin to our perceptions are going to begin to change from um, from what was important, what we thought was influential. We might not think it's so influential anymore. You know what I'm saying? And for those who are stuck in the old realm of things, we're not. I don't think people are going to find them so enlightening, okay? So, and it may be the majority may still be stuck in the old, but they won't be enlightened. You hear what I'm saying? Because I think the power of deception is going to be pretty uh, thick with influence and persuasion, okay? I hope I'm making sense to y'all, okay? Because even we saw this with the power of the press. I think we're going to recognize the press's power to influence, because you know the press, like you can be an innocent person, let me just say this, okay? But if you got the press 24-7 telling people something bad you did, they can make an innocent person look completely uh, evil, like make them look like a monster overnight. If you make an enemy of the press, they can do that. So it's not only understanding the power of one's influence, but understanding what damage it can do. You know what I'm saying? Understanding what it can, how it can shift people's thoughts, how it can shift people's ideas, because people are so easy to manipulate because the majority of people just sometimes don't want to think for themselves, okay? So that's why I think this is the, has, has, the power of influence is going to be a huge one going over. I mean, it's always been huge, but I think it's really going to be huge as we step into this next decade. Um, with influence comes great responsibility, okay? So I want you guys to understand to use your influence in a way that is powerful. Be aware of that influence. You know, be aware of those you influence around you. Be aware of how powerful your influence are. And understand that your influence may put you, your your ideas, your thoughts may put you at odds with the majority. And that's okay. It may. You know what I'm saying? But understand how that, uh, what you believe in, what your thoughts are, and how that influences others and people around you. And understand that is a great responsibility, Okay. Understand that. Really take uh, understand the mantle of influence. Okay, um, and then I want to talk about celebrities. Okay, because I because this week I was thinking about this a lot. Like celebrities, I thought, wow, how much influence has the celebrity world have, particular with African Americans, because. Um, no other group of people, and I and Malcolm X talked about this back in the sixties. Okay, no other group of people has had um, uh, 
celebrities be their gurus in society or their go-tos when when we're having political turmoil, they'll go to the celebrity and say, what do you think, instead of uh, actual leaders. Actual leaders have had to use celebrities' influence and power to help them to get their word out and stuff like that, okay? So, um, and a lot of times it's so funny, these celebrities are also being used, okay? And they don't even know it because a lot of them, they just take on a cause and they don't know what the fuck they're taking it on for. they just taking it on and just saying, you know, they come to them saying, well, you know, this is what's what and this is what's what. And they're like, sounds good. Okay, I'll go for it. But I really believe that going into this, uh, and I'll say for any celebrity that's listening, celebrities that's listening, you better know your shit because I think that there's going to be more responsibility called on people to understand what they stand for. Just, you know, and and, and you, you and I think that it's irresponsible of celebrities. I saw one celebrity this week. I won't say who's, who she is, but I saw, and was one of my favorite celebrities too, okay? I saw her going come out and talk about the Senate, the Georgia Senate race, and she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. I could tell. She's just sitting there, uh, like, I like everybody, you know, it's important that we get out to, you know, vote. I'm like, do you even understand uh what what you do why you're saying that? Are you just saying that because they telling you it's the thing to do? Are you just but she didn't understand her power of influence that she can influence so many people. Most celebrities don't understand their power of influence. They they understand it but they understand it in a way that is very uh um, what is the word? Very uh, shallow. Okay, uh, they famous for just being famous, but to me, fame comes with responsibility. When you have fame, that's responsibility. So I don't think they understand it. I think they think they're famous. You know, I just want to sing and dance, but sing, when singing and dancing has put you in a place, or acting, or any kind of artwork, or any kind of art has put you in a place, your creativity has put you in a place of influence, it changes the game. You can't just be out there and talk on shit and you don't know it, right? You know what I'm saying? So it it is it's it's and and to me there is such a responsibility in it. Right, you know, and knowing it, you know, whether that a lot of celebrities will just go with the flow, go where everybody's going with, because they don't want to hurt their career. Career, and I think that's what we're gonna we we have we has uh, black people really need to understand this because a lot of those celebrities are are tied into shit, and they can't say they can't fuck up their shit. So we need to understand that uh, they the celebrities are protecting their interests. Sometimes they don't know enough about these to- uh, certain topics that are like afflicting the community and stuff like that. That they will they they'll say anything, okay, and they'll do anything. So it, that we can't. I don't know if we can any longer allow celebrities to be or anybody kind of associated with it to be a little bit of the influence for us. Okay, because they they have their own interests and things, which I'm gonna talk about a little bit later on in the show. But I thought this was interesting because I thought about celebrity a lot in this because I feel like celebrity has influenced so much. I mean, I really do. Celebrities, let me just say this: they they can influence me on certain things like clothes, uh, hair, and you know, at one time.
sometimes maybe politics, like maybe a real smart celebrity can say something, and I go, what? Yeah, that's kind of deep or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, my, my straight-up basic living, how I think and shit like that, no. Nah, you know what I'm saying? I look at some of them, and I be like, what the? And some of my favorites, I be looking at like, what the fuck? Like, where did you get that from? Like, I mean, you know, it's just like crazy. <laughs> but, you know, just because I like a celebrity don't mean I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just feel like that has been such a huge thing in the black community. It's influenced us to the to our detriment. And I really think that we have to begin as a community to understand the power of influence and how it affects us, who has it, and why they have it. If we have it, why do we have it? And how do we use it? And how do we utilize it? And that we need to hold people responsible in the way that they use it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying necessarily cancel people because they think differently from you, but at least have a cohesive reasoning for it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just saying, well, I'm just out here just trying to do this or trying to do that. I mean, you know, it's just like we can't follow people who really don't understand why they do what they do. You get what I'm saying? So, uh, but this is a very interesting, I want to play, and I played this on here before, a thing with Malcolm X talking about celebrity influence back in the uh, 50s, 60s. Okay, and I want to play this because I think I'm going to talk about this. So it's going to be a little bit too. I'm going to talk about this today. It's kind of my it's a word, but it's kind of not because I've been thinking about it. No, it is my it's a word because I've been thinking about this a lot this weekend, the power of influence and what influences us, and especially as we're heading to this technology world and especially how celebrities were used with coronavirus, okay, they were used to help reset a lot of things. I mean, celebrities was out here making people feel guilty. Stay home, stay this, stay that, stay this. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, now they're going to be out here, get the vaccine. I mean, Chris Rock has already said something that I was kind of like, well, what? Uh, I mean, so, so, I mean, it's just the power of influence. We're going to have to recognize and be very careful. Just because it's your favorite celebrity don't mean they right. You know, don't mean you got to believe, believe anything and everything they say. Okay, that's all I'll say to that. But let's listen to Malcolm X about something he said about celebrities influencing uh, black politics. And I want you guys to hear what he said. And hopefully I get this, this where you, because I know y'all have been having a hard time hearing the audio. So hopefully you can hear it today. This included Lena Horne. I go, these leaders that they call leaders, this included Lena Horne. This included Dick Gregory. And this included comedians, comics trumpet players, baseball players. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the white community and are over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. And it is an honor, actually that they endorsed Dr. Martin Luther King and uh, uh, were against the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's actually an honor. Now, when you say that they also, in the same Newsweek poll magazine, they, uh, I think the pollster said that he went into the Negro community and asked about the Muslims. And many Negroes whom he asked said, well, I never heard of the Muslims. Who are they? You know, this is the rank and file we're talking Oh, yeah. About. Now, when they got down to the rank and file, this was the answers that they got. Uh, this is the equivalent to uh, the situation in Kenya during the Mau Mau uprising when many uh, frightened uh, whites in Kenya, Africa, would go among the Africans and ask them, what about the 
no, no. And the African would say, I never heard of him. And the same white man who would ask the African this question and very naively believe what the African said, when he went to bed that night, he would lose his head. And usually the one who took his head was the same African who told him that afternoon he had never heard of the Mau Mau. Uh, except uh, in the Newsweek poll, they used Negro interviewers. You'll find that oftentimes Negroes are as much on guard uh, around Negro interviewers, who usually represent the bourgeois uh, element of Negroes, as they are on guard around whites. Uh, usually Negroes know that when this bourgeois Negro walks through the door, he is not doing something that he's initiated himself, but he's involved in something in which the white man is the absolute author of and has sent him to the Negro community for some information. And when they give that Negro some information, usually they give him the information that they want the white, want him to take back to the white man, because that's who he's going to take it back to. Okay. I wanted you guys to hear that because that's something that Malcolm X was saying, like, in the late 50s, early 60s. And today we still have this power of influence with celebrities who are usually controlled by uh, a very white, liberal public um, uh and and they don't speak to the grassroots. And sometimes they can have undue influence even over people who just, you know, because the majority of people, and I want to say this the right way, the majority of people are people sometimes are not are influenced by this type of culture, right? Because a lot of times they, you know, they, they don't have the information sometimes to know that, hey, the reason you're struggling is because of this, or the reason this and that. And I think, I personally think that celebrity influence has been very detrimental uh, to, uh, even though I love celebrity, we talk about celebrity gossip on here, I'm going to talk about celebrity gossip today. You know, I do celebrity gossip. But I actually believe, and I've always often talked about the influence of Hollywood on uh on Black America and America, period. I mean, this is this is, it, it, it. It can uh, if one celebrity says they do this, they don't understand sometimes the power of what they say. Uh, but they can have twenty kids following behind them. Beyonce come out today and say she 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 go and shit on the stick. I'm gonna shit on the stick. It'll be twenty fifty fifty a hundred about five thousand people go shit on the stick because Beyonce shitting on the stick. Okay. So a lot of times they don't understand that power of influence. They they have they they are giving this uh, this this whole this this huge thing of power, and then they don't understand it, and they speak on things that they don't understand, and they do things that they don't understand, and they don't understand that they're having tremendous influence to the detriment of black folks, not to the help of black people. Okay, and so I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later on in the show because I feel like that's it. And this is this is the it's a word today is about understanding the power of influence as we go into uh, year 21 in the 21st century. Ooh, think about that. That's deep, right? 21 in the 21st century. Okay, think about it's a double again. Remember that. Okay, it's a dual again, right? So think about the power. And it's a, it's actually a triple. It's actually a, because you got three sevens equaling twenty one. So it's, I mean, this is a deep. It's still kind of we still on kind of some deep <laughs> waters here. Okay. I mean, we really are. So, uh, but I mean, and then you can some people can say twenty 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 plus twenty one. If you you know, 
41, 4 plus 1, 5, grace, people could say. Um, all I'll say is this. Uh, understand that influence. And I'm going to try to talk about in the stories today that I talk about, the celebrity news and the news I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to try to talk about tie what we talked about today, the power of influence of celebrity, okay? Because I feel like, and not only just the power of influence of celebrity, but the power of influence of yourself and those and influencing the ones around you and how you influence it and how you hold that influence. I even been looking at that about myself because I'm a very persuasive person. I, I and sometimes I can be like too persuasive. Like I like I'm I'm. Y'all know I'm passionate about when I believe something, right? So I'll be like, you know what? I I'll, I'll run the room sometimes, and it's not sometimes that's not good, right? You know, <laughs> right? So sometimes I had to understand how to. Uh, I always love one of my favorite movies. This is Sidebar. One of my favorite movies is The Way We Were, right? I love that movie, right? So I always feel myself. I always identify with the Barbara Streisand character because she was so passionate about what she believed, and it was so different from the person that she loved what they believed. And they and and like it's oftentimes in their in her circles with the so she go around these circles and they wouldn't understand her because she's so passionate and it ended up uh, kind of making their relationship difficult, but. What I identify with that character so much is that she has so much passion about what she believed. I mean, she was—it was just that was she was passionate about it. But at the same time, you need balance, right? So I'm looking at how I see my power of influence, even with this little old shout. <laughs> All right, like you know how I influence those around me and people around me, and how I come across the people and stuff because I think that's very important. And, how I need to be more rooted and grounded in things I understand and know. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying, and how I, I come across to y'all in saying that, okay? So I feel like this is a year where you need to understand not only the power of influencing others and things around you, and particularly celebrity for black people, but also the power of influencing yourself, okay? So that is my it's a word today. Remember, we're going to talk about that throughout the show today, okay? But meanwhile, it's time for us to go to break, child, okay? So 2021, I always have a song. You know, I always have a jam that I love. And I found one. I was on my way home from Kansas City, and this started playing on the radio. I was like, what is that? <laughs> right? Because I was like, oh, my God, I'm loving this song. And I just identified with it, you know, the like the – the lyrics, I was like, damn, that is such a dope song. And it's by this girl named India Sean. I think it was her name, India Sean. Oh, my gosh. So I look her up, and I was like, she's got a whole, like, a whole lot of music. Like, she's just really, really good. I said, she's dope. Why does nobody, why don't we know more about her? She's really good. She does a song, she does this song I love called with Anderson Pock, and I feel like it's my song for the year. Moving on. I really love it. So here is India Sean with Anderson Pock moving on. It's the CC show, y'all. I'll be back in a moment, okay? Please allow me to show you something.
right out of world. Mind like on a roll. Talk like she can give me hot with the combo. Then we fight like Battle of the Alamo. What you do? Oh, here we go. Skin caramel, fine like baby hair cute. But she gon' raise a lot of hell. Truth is, I'm running out of lot to tell. New chick, I'm the new chick. I done lost count of excuses about why we can't be exclusive. Yeah. But I'll be damned if I lose it. I can't say I never knew it. I can't playing with your heart like it's foolish. Sometimes when I think. What we could have been Hoping and dreaming We get back to the end Festival season We thought it never end Holding your hand Holes in my plans Tears in your eyes Walking out the doctor's office Feeling dead inside Baby, don't cry No, you're terrified And girl, so am I But here's the good peace of mind I hope
All right, that's Morning Algebra, one of my favorite songs. And before that, Moving On by India Ashan. I like that song. That's my jam. That's my new jam. Well, I'll be working out. I'll be playing out. I'm like, hey, that is it. When I'm on the treadmill, yes. That song goes. I love it. <laughs> it's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. I am back, y'all. We are talking, uh, celeb- we're getting ready to go on the news. Not celebrity news, but it's, it's all mixed in, okay? So, uh, let me see, what do I want to talk about first, okay? McConnell, House's 2000 stimulus checks are socialism for the rich. <sighs> Here's what the Republican, I mean, this is when balancing the budget goes too far, okay? Give people a fucking $2,000. I mean, seriously? <sighs> It's according to Politico. It says Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell dubbed the effort to increase direct payments to $2,000 socialism for rich people, eliciting an incredulous reaction from Bernie Sanders as the GOP continued to decline to take up the matter on Thursday. In his second consecutive day of attacks on the bill, McConnell accused Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Minority and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of engineering a bill that sends thousands of dollars to people who don't need help. He also blacked requests from Schumer and Sanders to hold votes on this bill this week. Now, let me just say this about the Democrats, okay? This is where they little punk asses do. Now, I will give it to the the uh, the Republicans on this. Now, they had money, more money in the first bill for illegal immigrate, immigrants than they did for citizens. I mean, Democrats do shit like that. I don't know what they little punk asses be doing, but they, they do crazy shit like that. And sometimes the Republicans, even though they asses be far out to the right doing some crazy shit, talking about people don't need no money, people that, and what they deem is rich and stuff, give the citizens the money. I mean, damn it, Chuck. I mean, not Chuck, damn it, uh, 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 what's, what's this one thing, uh, McConnell? Give him the money. Now, Chuck Schumer and Nancy do be playing games, though. They do, because Nancy was about to sign a bill. She was about to sign that thing for $600 till Donald Trump came in and said, no, nah, that's ridiculous. And then she had a chance to sign a 1.8 before back in, the, back in, remember, back in October, but she was trying to play games with politics. See, they both, they both be playing games out here. That's why I be trying to tell people, they play games. They play games, okay? But uh, in uh, they say, borrowing from our grandkids to do socialism for rich people is a terrible way to get to help families who actually need it. McConnell said of an effort to boost the checks from 600 to $2,000, which is supported by President Donald Trump. Washington Democrats took President Trump's suggestion and skewed it so the checks would benefit even more high-earning households, Okay. And you know what? I do believe it should help high-earning households because, you know, listen, people who are making $200,000 or $300,000 in California, that ain't shit if you got three or four kids. I just said, hey, facts. And then California? Shit. <laughs> New York? I mean, you know, so I did, they do need to consider things. I mean, they're, they're dating. They're, some of the, the Republicans, they got outdated thinking, but they'll be quick to give these big businesses and stuff money. You know what I'm saying? So uh, crazy. But McConnell said social, uh, uh, socialism for rich people four times in his speech. Sanders responded in a fiery fashion. The majority leader helped lead the body to pass Trump's tax bill. You want to talk about socialism for the rich, Mr. Majority Leader. Led by McConnell, many Republicans say the measure – uh, the House approved earlier this week delivers too much aid to six-figure earners. Um, I disagree. As long as they're citizens, I, I feel like 
six-figure earners are going to need that aid, especially a lot of six-figure earners. Some of them right now, their businesses have been affected by coronavirus because of these unnecessary fucking shutdowns they've had. Yes, I said unnecessary. They've uh, Some of them have been unnecessary, okay, and they've uh, shut down people and their their businesses. Some, some high earners are entrepreneurs, and their businesses are affected and their incomes are affected. And some uh, people have even their uh, maybe offices have been shut down. They can't work or they were doing maybe uh, people were doing different types of work. Just because you're a high earner doesn't mean you weren't hurt by this, okay? Uh, I, I do have a problem, though, when you're trying to give illegal citizens, though, more money than the people, you know, people that need it. More money than citizens. That's crazy to me. I've never heard such a crazy thing. Now, I do think they should slim some of the fat off the bill, like some of the craziness. But as far as giving high-earned money to high-earners, um, you know, McConnell, shut your ass up. They need that money. It's a lot of people who've been hit. They've been hurt bad, even people who making big money, okay? So, um, you know, I, I even though $2,000 ain't shit, but it do help, <laughs> right? So uh, it says uh, many Republicans, uh, they say, imagine, and they need to remember his ass, too, for that. Imagine a family of five where parents earn 250000 per year and have not seen any income loss this past year. Speaker Pelosi and Senator Sanders want to send them $5,000 from Uncle Sam. I agree. Now, I do agree with Nancy on that because the families, those families have been hit. With a family of five, you know, it's, and, and you don't know, all right, that $5,000 can help them stay afloat or stay ahead, right? They may have been able to stay up, but $5,000 just helps them. It ain't going to do nothing but go back into the economy, damn. And I saw her read some economists talking about the economy is too hot. I was like, what? <laughs> Y'all sound crazy. But it says uh, Sanders uh, retorted that in the bill virtually nothing goes to the very, very rich. The overwhelming majority of those funds go to the middle class, the working class, the low-income people who in the midst of the pandemic are in desperate economic conditions. Plus, Trump has tweeted supportively of of what the House did, and some Senate Republicans say they support it. The House has gone until the new Congress is sworn in on January the 3rd, okay? So this is, listen, I agree. I think that the Republicans are not understanding at this point how the middle class have been hit. The middle class have been hit hard because a lot of the middle class own small businesses. So yes, they need to be uh they need to be a part of this deal too. What is Chuck what I mean, what is uh uh he talking about? And besides Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer can't act so innocent in this because they was getting ready to sign a bill easily for six hundred dollars, which they could have got one for more back in October without no arguments. But the problem was, um uh, the Republicans a little bit, and but they 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 were trying to do the election. They were trying to do something real wild. So now Trump agrees with them. So now they trying to act like they innocent and like yeah, just give me Al McConnell's fault. No, but see this is this is stuff that you could have probably got more got it done before the election. It would have been more pressure on the Republicans to sign the 1.8 trillion for 2000. They would have probably did it then. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, they played a lot of games, a lot of political games, I mean, which is unfortunate for the American people. You know, that's why I always say we, the American people have lost control of these politicians because if we really had control of these politicians, they should be shaking in their boots about telling us no for anything. They should be literally shaking, like, oh, my God, like they're going to put us out. But because the American people have lost control of their politics, most 
Americans have. They don't understand their politics. They vote people in by name recognition and all the other kind of other shit. Because of that, we 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 don't have no control of these nuts that we got up there in these congresses, at the, in these the clown shows, what I call it, the clowns in the circus. We don't have we don't have no control of the circus. Call it the House of Re- House of Representatives in the Senate in the Senate. We don't have no control of them. They just a bunch of clowns, and we getting ready not have control of this other clown coming in. He's a clown too, and he got a side clown, Kamala. I called her a clown too because we got talking about Kamala Harris's punk. Kamala Harris is such a clown this week. I mean, the the, the Kwanzaa thing was just pouring it on thick. I was like, Kamala, black people, most black people in America didn't celebrate Kwanzaa to like the eighties if they did, and if they the few who did. We got to talk about her later on, talking about Kwanzaa. I mean, just the God, I can see. I, I already see she gonna be. She gonna get on my nerves. All right, but anyway, this is crazy. McConnell needs to uh, needs to hurry up and get the, uh, the Senate, the uh, them on board to do. I know they've already started sending out six hundred dollar checks, but they still trying to get them to do the two thousand, and they need to get them on board to do the two thousand. They need to do it. Okay, that's ridiculous. Um. Also, this week, illegal French New Year's Eve party that drew 2,500 people ends after 36 hours and, and a failed attempt to shut it down, okay? An illegal New Year's Eve party that drew, this is according to uh, MSN.com, uh, it says uh, an illegal New Year's Eve party that drew around 2,500 people to a small French village came to an end Saturday morning, more than 24 hours after authorities had to abort an initial attempt to shut the rave down. Wow. Sound equipment and generators were seized. France's interior minister, Gerald Darman, said Saturday morning, adding that the organizers would be severely punished. Around 1,200 penalty notices have been issued, local officials said, with most of them being linked to violations of coronavirus restrictions. Regional authorities set up coronavirus testing site near the raised location and urged all participants to quarantine for seven days amid concerns that the event could worsen an anticipated rise in the novel coronavirus infections in the coming weeks. We must consider that all participants in this raid party were exposed. Regional health official Stephanie Mullis told Radio Network France Blue, the party in Luron, a village in France's northwestern region of Brittany, had gone ahead despite a nationwide 8 p.m. curfew and restrictions on large gatherings. Okay. I really believe in this, is, and I don't say this, and I understand the people let me just say this. I understand the people who say, well, they're not caring about other people and everything like that. I get that. I understand that part, too. But I have to say this. These are young people. And humanity is not built like these. And see, th- this is where I get suspicious because even though coronavirus is very real, there are other viruses coming. I mean, people can't just keep going in the house over and over again. I mean, I mean, it just, it's just, I mean, unless the, uh, something come out here and you melt when you get out the door or something like that. I'm just saying that we have to be very careful of shutdowns, unnecessarily unnecessary shutdowns, because it causes situations like this. Young people want to, they're going to socialize. They're going to get together. You're going to. You're going. The scientists and everything are going to have to figure out uh, some way. I mean, and I love. I know these technocrats love the idea of everybody living like they fucking did when they were a kid. You know, because a lot of technocrats and scientists didn't go out the house. They fucking was on they they uh, homework every day, or they was doing a, or they was on computers, or fixing up the computer. 
everybody uh, can't live like it, okay? And technology is an asset and a complement to the way we live, but our lives cannot be engrossed in technology. Okay? You need to go outside and breathe the fucking air. You need to uh, have conversations with your loved ones. Do you need a big crowd like they did? No, nah, that shit was stupid. But however, you know, and then sometimes I'm not sure about that because I've heard several situations, like Sweden had been saying for years that a lot of these, Sweden had been saying for months, and it's starting out to be true. I kept saying Sweden said that one of the things they found about coronavirus is most people got it by staying in the house inside with each other all the time, and they encourage people to go out. That's why sometimes their 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 thing evened out, and sometimes in certain places like New York City and stuff, they were getting a whole apartment building people with uh, with coronavirus because staying in because sometimes people pass it along by staying in the house with each other, okay? So sometimes it's, you know, being in the house, you're more contagious to it or being in close uh, perimeters with other people. But where as far as getting out in a big place or a big hall or uh, eating place outside or something like that, it doesn't uh, stop that. I think a lot of these, um, these, these restrictions have been too much because it's failed to um, – it, it's come from people – who are introverts in society, and I know I'm an introvert. I'm a natural introvert. I have been since I was a little girl. I can be by myself for hours. I have no, I have, I can be by myself for days. I have no thing with that. Okay, <laughs> I'm an only child. I was raised the only child. I, I have no. Listen, trust me. My, my, I'm my mother's only child, and I can, you know. I, I, I get it, but that is not how most society is. Most people can't live like that. Most people can't live in isolation. Most people are not, humans are not isolationists, nor should they, should, should they be, okay? So we have to come up with other ideas to, that, people can be, that people can begin to uh, associate with each other and come, and come, and, and, and come. That's what makes me be very suspicious because they didn't want to come up with uh, other ideas. Immediately it was shut down. It was this, it was that, it was that. And certain people made money off of the shutdown. So I'm always suspicious of things like that. I pay attention because a lot of people, what happens is you may have a good reason for not, you know, you, you're listening to the news and you're saying, well, I just want to do the right thing and not go outside. But meanwhile, there are powers that be who are engineering and manipulating society to reset it in some sort of way. So we always have to be careful of that too, okay? It's both, okay? We have to have balance. And that's one of the things we got to understand, that there's always some motherfucker trying to reset some shit, okay? That's just straight up. There's somebody with some power and a lot of money trying to do shit that he can't do, which I'm going to talk about Bill Gates later on trying to shoot rays at the fucking sun, okay? I already talked about that before. A couple of, I don't know it was his ass, but it's his ass apparently is in on this. <laughs> okay, but you always got people who are trying to, and they try, and they believe they're doing it for the good of humanity, but sometimes it's in a sick Frankenstein he got away. <laughs> okay? So, um we'll talk about that, but this is is you gotta find another way for kids to associate. They'll have rape parties, they'll rebel. Okay? Just like people were rebelling at at the holidays and going home. Okay? So you gotta find uh something. Which it and this brings me to another this other article I saw very interesting on MSN dot com, uh and it's uh, uh from Business Insider and it is uh um it's an opinion piece by Anthony Fisher, and I thought it was really interesting. It says, shame, fatigue, and unscientific COVID restrictions are backfiring, okay, which I said they would, okay? They've been backfiring, <laughs> okay? If the 1980s should have taught us anything, it's that just say no doesn't work. 
and yet cancel everything, COVID edicts are still being dropped on a weary public. Overboard lockdowns are producing shame fatigue where people who want to be responsible during the pandemic start to tune out authority figures whose hypocrisy and inconsistency are painfully transparent. Yes, because I've been saying from the beginning they didn't know what they were doing, okay? And I listened to COVID uh, people in other countries very early on, who, who even they were even saying they don't have any and who have more information than people even in the United States, okay, and that it, – uh, that COVID, they don't know a lot of, they didn't know at the points a lot about it. So a lot of these authorities, the reason why you get so many different information, is a lot of them don't know. Okay? But it says, uh, this guy says, it's not too much to ask that government orders be rooted in science. Okay? This is an opinion column. The thoughts expressed are those of the author. Visit, and then he says, he says, in the 1990s, the 1980s should have taught us anything. It says that just say no doesn't work. While there's certainly still concerns about lawmakers downplaying the virus, overbearing scolds in government, quite often Democrats are going too far the other way. These officials continue to implement scientifically incoherent restrictions on everyday life and commerce, and it's coming back to hurt us. The result of overboard lockdowns and crackdowns is shame fatigue, a pattern in which people who truly want to be responsible during the pandemic start to tune out overly harsh authority figures whose hypocrisy and inconsistency are painfully transparent. UC San Francisco infectious disease specialist Dr. Monica Gandhi told the Los Angeles Times, it is not because the public is irresponsible. Yes, and they try to put that on them all the time. Humans are humans. You know what I'm saying? You can't ask humans to not socialize. It will kill humans. It will kill humans faster than the disease will. Because humans were meant, listen, you got to understand how, that's where spirituality comes in. That's why I say spirituality, I know it's hard for scientists because we put, we're in a society that puts science above everything, but science is constantly changing. Spirituality is, is, is usually rooted and grounded. And what spirituality is, we know spirituality understands humans. Humans, humans not being connected is, is is always been a failure in society. Society falls completely uh, when you take when when humans begin to have fear, they are exposed to fear. When humans are exposed to um, uh, um, uh, unnatural, uh, not being able to associate and stuff with each other, it kills the human soul because God didn't create us like that. God created us. It created us to need one another. So isolation is not a fucking good thing, okay? Uh, but it says, uh, it says, uh, um, it says because they're, it's because they're losing trust in public health officials who put out arbitrary restrictions. We are failing in our public health messaging. Yes, because they, these, these other figures who are controlled by other figures are trying to do social engineering and try to implement things that control the public. See, because one of these, the, the biggest fears, uh, I think, of politicians and the powers that be is that the public will one day understand that they're being manipulated and they will gain back control of themselves. So meanwhile, they want to try control mechanisms during very serious uh, uh, things, right? You know what I'm saying? They want to see how much they can get away with, and it's very sad. Okay. But it says the way absentee only sex education was widely deemed as a failure, cancel everything edicts like those imposed in California are inviting backlash. Okay. And California has been really and California I really believe had he just backed off and just let it flow, California would probably be out the water by now. 
but because the fear that they've been having such harsh restrictions, such harsh fear and everything falling over that region, that is why they are overwhelmed in the hospitals and everything. That is just natural. That's a spirit law, okay? So, you know, hey, but you if you want to consult scientists and not the spiritualism, but I'll let y'all whatever do what y'all want to do. <laughs> but it says, when the doors of everyday life are slammed shut in March, there was a good reason for it. Thanks in large part of the lies of the Chinese government and the fecklessness of the World Health Organization, which credibly repeated such lies. Precious little was known about COVID-19 when it began to spread around the world. And lies, remember, we were in a very contentious political years. A lot of a lot of media, especially in America, use that moment to get Donald Trump out of office, and they start seeing all kind of ignorant stuff. You start seeing death tickers on the side of news media, death, just showing death every month. Today, fifty-two thousand. They weren't doing this in the name of helping you. They were in the, doing this in the name of getting your fears up, keeping you glued to the TV so their ratings could shoot up. I mean, just the worst. I, I, it is the media. I've never seen the media such so, so worse as I've seen it this year. And they were used, They were being used for political uh, uh, political fight. Cause see, in the middle of this coronavirus, this coronavirus was also being used to usher out a guy who was probably going to win again had not coronavirus came in. Okay. Uh, and the media was used, in my personal opinion, by the powers to be to put to disseminate very crazy information out there. So they so that we could get these uh, a lot of shit happening, uh, so they could get who they want in office. This is my personal opinion, but you know whatever. But it says when the doors, uh, it says thanks in large part to okay. It says then there was the U.S. science authorities telling us to wash our hands and not by ma- and not by masks, which ended up being a well-meaning like to keep masks available for first responders until supply to catch up with demand. Well, I and it's not to this day there are very listen. Let me just say this. Because people are still catching coronavirus even with the mask, okay? So this is something they don't want to say in public, but this is quite true. In 1918, masks didn't work, even though people were mandatory, made made to wear them, okay? They weren't working because everybody didn't have the right mask. So the spread was still happening. And that's what you're kind of seeing now. I mean, Fachi and all them like to say they like to tell you that, but there have been scientific studies done that shows that wearing certain masks, you, you can still get it. You can, you can still sneeze by certain uh, feet away. So it somewhat helps, but not really all the way. There is no such thing as safety. Just want to tell y'all that. I've been telling y'all that for the longest. But a lot of y'all have bought into the lie that, oh, just wear your mask. Just wear your mask out here. Just wear your No, your mask is not completely safe. It wasn't completely safe from a worse virus in 1918, which was Spanish flu. Okay, you can still get it. You can wear, I mean, still wear your mask, but it's still possible that your mask can be wrong. Somebody sneezes in the air that you can still walk into it because certain masks only protect for a certain amount of feet. And some don't protect at all. Some are just real pretty to look at. Facts. You can look it up. There's plenty of articles from the AP on it and other places and other news articles, okay? Uh, given the uncertainty and lack of preparation, stringent rules made sense, but we've learned a lot since then. Now we know that airborne spread is far more likely and dangerous than surfaces. We know that outdoor transmissibility is exceedingly rare. We know that bubbles or strict small groups have been tested for covid 
and who otherwise responsibly uh, maintain social distancing are generally safe. I actually just believe that the best way that humans should have did with this, dealt with this, they went in for two months. I think that you give the government a certain amount of time to get it right, okay? But you never give government more time than they should have got. They shouldn't have never gotten more restrictions. Joe Biden should not get more time when he comes back in. If he talks about shutting down, people should immediately be at the White House doors like they was for the race thing. They should be out there be ready to beat the White House in and saying, uh-uh, no, you're not going to shut nothing down. Because the reason why is because we've already given you time and you didn't do anything. And what you're saying is not working. So America, yes, behave at first, but then don't behave because a lot of times when it goes out longer, what we're having going on is nothing about coronavirus. It's starting to be social engineering, in my opinion, just my opinion, okay? Uh, but this is a very good article to read. It talks about uh, how uh, arbitrary restrictions that forbid restaurants from operating outdoors, dining, but exempt massive media corporations or a neon-lit advertisement to float out the socially distanced guidelines, I mean, it just uh, shows out that we it became too uh, restrictive, and that now you're that's why you're seeing people rebel, and that's why you're seeing it go up and everything. And I also believe they're just testing. Okay, I think they're also engineers, social engineering. I think there's a lot of things going on, and what you're going to have come out of coronavirus. See, this is the danger of fear. When we we talk about fear, when they when the powers that be understand that they can fear you into change. Then they'll start to manipulate you. Like what will come out of COVID-19 is probably maybe mandates for vaccines. Maybe uh, like you already have a concert, people talking about having a health card. I mean, what the fuck? That's a HIPAA law violation. That's a privacy law violation. But you will give it up because they know they're saying, whoa, we can, we, can, we can use this to put more control on public. Yeah, it wasn't that really that bad, but we'll act like it's that bad. We'll get control of the media outlets and tell the media outlets to say it was that bad. It's even make it worse than it appears because what? We need them to be in control. And that's what we can't say. We got to say, no, society, we do, you do not put back. You do not make restrictions. You do not. This is not how we live as humans. And see, when you do that, the powers that be know you ain't going to take it. So they back out for a little bit. So that's why, but what but we're having now is society being influenced rather easily. Okay, so it's, it's, it's very scary. And that's why I think that's a situation like that happened in France. Because young people, uh, you know, the, a lot of the restrictions are ridiculous. <laughs> they can't, young kids can't do, young kids are, are they don't, they can't do that. Young people want to be, especially when you're young and you're teenagers, they want to be out and about. And the lie they're telling that they want to protect old people, they have never, this has not been a society that I believe has protected old people, okay? You have to protect your family members the best way you think they can. To me, this this society has worked very hard to hurt the elderly and the uh, and the uh, uh, sick and shed in. It has not been very kind to uh, the people who 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 are who can't take care of themselves. It's been a very survival of the fittest society. Okay, so um, uh, I, I tend to when they start saying that, I tend to really raise my eyebrows because I know that's not their nature. So, um, yeah, so let's just really be paying attention to this influence 
uh, and how this how the coronavirus is going to influence society after it after it's over. How is it going to change society? Will you be walking around with a medical card to get in places? Will you have to get vaccinated to get into your job? See, these are social. These are things that resets on society, and they will say, "Well, we had to change, just like in nine eleven. We had to take away your rights so we can so you the terrorists won't attack you." And it made you give up your rights. And some of the bull, and some of it's a lot of bullshit because they still, like I said, they they protect the, they go, you go through all that shit into the airport to get into on a plane, and then meanwhile the perimeters outside of the airport is all free. A, a terrorist can just come up and shoot up a rocket if you want to or something. That's just a bunch of bullshit. Okay, they just want they want to play with your heads. They checking you down as you go into a concert. They barely check your ass. Think about it when you go into a concert. They barely checking your ass when you go into a concert. Shit, you can carry any any damn thing in a concert or whatever. They doing it for mind control just to so they can do it. We took yes, we took uh, we fuck searching uh, uh, the the, uh, the illegal search and seizure. We just gonna search and seizure. We gonna search you anyway because the terrorists might be coming. Okay, not not say, you know what, we got to ensure the American people, American people are about democracy, and we have to ensure American people's freedom. We'll make sure that there are people, security in the building is trained and able to, uh, 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 come, you know, uh, able to come and assist people or able to, we'll train, but they don't do that. Instead, they want to fake like they're searching you because it's a mind control thing. Hey, that's why I just tell people, just check out the shit and be like, what? That don't make sense. Look at what happened after 9-11, all the changes that happened. The, the reason Snowden right now is right where he is because NSA was just, was lying and listening to people's phone calls when they shouldn't have been in the same thing. Well, I know it was illegal, but, but uh, I mean, we just want to keep terrorists away. No, you don't. That's control. And he snitched that they were doing that. Why he's why he why Snowden is is uh, why Donald Trump has not part of Snowden yet is dumb in my opinion. I have no clue. Snowden more than anybody should be. He's actually a hero. He actually told that they we we already knew they was fine, but he he actually confirmed what we knew because they were in the wrong. They were illegally doing it, and some people will call him a criminal, saying, "Well, he shouldn't have told on his job." Yeah, if they doing something wrong, if they in the, if you at your job and they in the back of your job and they bringing in people and they bring, let's say for instance, you at a job and they bringing in ten women at your job every week and killing women, chopping off their heads and putting them in a grinder or something, and you just say, "Well, it's my job. I got to be." Faithful to it. That's illegal. What they doing? They shouldn't be chopping up. If you work in some sort of medical field facility, and let's just say they saying, "Hey, we just we 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 trying to test women for the greater good of the world." Uh, fuck that. You killing people. <laughs> he was a whistleblower like that. It wasn't that extreme, but his whistleblower was, "Hey, you're listening to the regular American people, and you shouldn't be doing that. That's illegal." And we, I need to tell. And he should have. And that's why he's where he's at right now. Just ridiculous, just nuttiness, because they were being illegal. See, this is how how much we, we should be outraged as a society by that, but we're not, because they've got our attention with so much shit that we can't pay attention to. We don't know what's right and what's wrong. We all over the place, and we can't win. And meanwhile, these politicians and, they, and the powers that be are running the show, and we should. it's about we the people. And we are losing control, you know, just very crazy, okay? All right, so when I get back, y'all, we got to talk about Master P. 
talking about he going to buy Reebok. Jesus. Now, when I first heard the story, I started laughing because I was like, Master B and Baron, what's his name, don't got enough money to buy no Reebok, okay? I knew immediately, and I've talked about this on the show for years. I've talked about how a lot of celebrities are product placement people. Now, what I've said on this show is I ain't got no problem with product placement people. Make your money how you make your money. I don't have no problem with that shit. I'd I'd need some product placement if my ass could. (laughs) But what I don't want is I don't like exploiting the black community by lying to the black community and telling them you own it. When you know you don't fucking own it, when you're just a brand manager. And shit like that. That's the kind of shit I don't like. It's exploitation. And it only helps you to get rich. And it masks what, what I do agree now. Even though I disagree with Yvette and Antonio on some things, but where I do agree with them a lot on, and a lot of things I do agree with them, but one of the things I do agree with them is that it, it, it masks that problem of lack of black wealth in America and what traditional black America is going through. It masks what is happening. It masks that racism and institutionalized racism and slavery still affects us. Celebrities and their influence have been masking that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I mean, a little bit more when I come back after this break. We're going to do a break real quick, and we're going to get into that. And that's when we're talking about the power of influence today. So I'm going to get into that. Meanwhile, we're going to start with, hey, we're going to start with the break with Bay Maxwell, uh, Luxury Kakura. Okay? This is the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
love those girls, Chloe and Haley. Ungodly hours. You know what? I saw them in concert. I, I was part of their ass when I saw them because they were little Beyonce, little miniature Beyonce's and shit. I don't want to see no other Beyonce's out here. I was like, damn, it's one's fucking it up. But these two, even though I, they can't help it, they still got some Beyonce in them. But they've managed to uh, just come into their own, and I really love it. This album, this album was great to me. Great pop album. I love it. To me, it should have been nominated for nine awards. If their mentor could have moved their ass out the way with that whack ass Disney album, maybe they could have got nine nominations. Be <laughs> happy, you know I couldn't do it. I could Damn, I said something nice about a week or two ago. If you missed that show, I gave ten. What was it? Ten reasons or fifteen reasons why Beyonce? You know, uh, what what you can learn from Beyonce or something like that. Shit, go back. I'm done. I gave that nice show. I'm back. <laughs> but no, Koya Haley is they are awesome. Let me tell you something. I saw a little performance from Billboard, I think, this week. And they were singing that song I love. I forget that song, uh, the name of that song, but listen, honey, that little Chloe, I say she coming for your ass, honey. She is coming for your ass. You done saw her too good. She moving them little hips. She's seeing like she's moving like Beyonce. I said, "Oh shit, Beyonce, you you better watch out." Uh, Haley, she gonna make a solo album as soon as she can. That little helpless, burning the britches. She's, you know, that's why I said I could tell she had a little boy. They were saying she's messing with little Diggy or something. I said, "Oh yeah, uh huh, uh huh." You know, because sometimes it's certain types. I'm not saying it was Diggy. I don't know who it was. But certain men that bring out sexual energy in women, you know, like to me, Beyonce was always sexy. But Beyonce, when Jay Z came along, bitch, that bitch turns into like a whole nother thing. Like, you know, suddenly she was, I've been drinking. You know, she was already talking little. She really like, you know, riding on the surfboard and driver roll up the partition, please. And this bitch went full Scorpio moon when Jay-Z came in here. Because certain men, you know, bring it out. And that's what you can tell about that little Haley. I said, oh, somebody even got this little hot twat done fit. She's feeling somebody, something because she's just, her sexuality is just oozing out of her. It's like, sure. And so usually sometimes I'm, t- you know, ladies, I'm just not all the time, but most of a lot of times some man will come along and bring some that uh, uh, heighten that sexual energy. And that little Chloe, it's like somebody done heightened that sexual energy, okay? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, it is the Carlotta Chapman Show. I am Carlotta, and we are talking news this week. Master P and Baron Davis uh, was talking about buying and talks to acquire Reeboks from Adidas, okay? Uh, this is according to BleacherReport.com. It says former NBA star Baron Davis and rapper Master P have joined together in an attempt to purchase Reebok. Master P told ESPN's Eric Woodward about the duo's hopes of purchasing the apparel company. Percy Master P. Miller confirmed to ESPN that he's in nego- negotiations to acquire Reebok with ex-NBA guard Baron Davis. These companies have been benefiting off of us. This could be history for our company going black-owned, Miller tells ESPN. Now, um, 
Reebok is currently a subsidiary of Adidas, which which purchased the company in 2005. In a statement released on December 14th, Adidas said it's begun to access strategic alternatives company that include both a potential sale of Reebok as well as Reebok remaining a part of the company. Okay, so they're looking at uh, both things. Listen, here is my thing, okay, and this is what I talk about even with Essence Magazine, I said this. So always the key word is investors, okay? And listen, this is business. I've talked about this on the show before. Business is when you get together, you can grab a, a, a like, kind of like what Magic Johnson has done with the Dodgers, okay? He's got the big probably money behind the Dodgers, but he's one of the faces, okay? You can grab an investment group together, and you can go and purchase something, okay? Uh, that's natural. A lot of times people don't use their own money you know, in business. That's okay. The problem is that when we try to sell these things off as a black-owned, okay, it gives us a certain illusion in public. And then when these companies start to fail years later, and, you know, Antonio Moore hit on the – I'm going to play a little bit of him from his show this week. I want you all to go listen to that. Is really – he brought up some excellent points about uh, – uh, uh, on Tone Talk about uh, – about, uh, uh, the what happens when these guys come out and say things like this and don't do black politics, okay? And you got a lot of celebrities they put up as the face of owners. You know, because we don't never see just some regular black millionaires and stuff like that owning. We always hear about these celebrities coming into these deals and stuff like that. And a lot of times these cats don't be having this kind of money to do that. So, uh, uh, you know, um, you guys, I'm gonna let you guys listen to a little bit of Tone Talks and go over to Tone Talks uh, Tone Talks uh, on YouTube so you can hear the full show. Uh, it's very interesting, it's very good. I even put a link on the Carlotta Chat with uh, show Facebook page so you can hear it. But it's Master P from buying Reeboks to selling pancakes, what makes it our business. And I want you to hear just a little bit of what he had to say. Uh, I'm gonna let y'all hear a little bit just a second here. about Forbes and ESPN. These companies have been benefiting off us. Yes. Yeah. This could be this could be history for the company going black on. He's not telling us the succinct reason maybe for millions that he makes shoes. This is the same thing that they
listen to that whole show from Tone Talks. It is very informative. What I love about Tone and Yvette and what I can appreciate about them, and I'm like, hey, I know they all arguing with each other again. I don't pay no attention to that. I'm not a person that uh, believes one all fits all. I think when you start, when people start saying you got to just hang in our organization, that's it, and stuff like that, you start, people start sounding Jim Jonesy to me. I don't pay no attention. I, I have a, I'm a human. I got a right to like a variety of ideas and thoughts and, and, and things, but, um, you know, and I know they some people saying, Well, don't if you can't like tone, you can't roll with Adolf if you like don't if you like Tyreek. I mean, I just think that's crazy. I mean <laughs> Well, okay, whatever. Uh but uh, uh but you know, uh, I'm an individual so I was like, I don't roll with too much of anybody, but I do appreciate uh the uh the uh I I I, pre- I can appreciate the uh the them gathering the information and the um and also uh, the stats that they have gathered uh, about uh, black uh, b- black America and where we're sitting at, and that's been very much tone in that. They come to me to me. They come with the meat. I, I really believe that about them and that and in terms of that. Um, and I can appreciate that. And what he's saying is very true. The reason, you know, like Jay Z with title, okay, title this week, Jay Z's, and I'm, I'm gonna talk about that a little later on in the show, talking about selling title already. I personally believe that a lot of these people can't hold on to this stuff. A lot of these people are the faces of this, and I talked about this the other week about Rock Nation was not completely owned by Jay Z. I told you it's a Live Nation production, but you know, my thing is. Uh, that, but if you don't do, I'm with Tone. If you don't do black politics to ensure contracts, to ensure because business is very ticky, ticky, ticky. And when you talk about owning black owned businesses, and and what he's saying is, you know, and and there's a number of ways to me you can own black owned businesses. I do believe you can. Sometimes you can start off having a business where maybe you do a majority of your uh, warehouse, your stuff happens in China. Okay, you have to do that for a while to get here. But you might have to explain that to the public, black people, because because it's important for what what in in the work, especially with the work that Adolf is trying to do, when we're trying to inform. Uh, the, that uh, America, and we're trying to form people that Black America has not moved the needle in terms of uh, ownership, fine economics, and anything uh, in a sense uh, uh, for a minute. And the, the racial gap in America has grown wider. When you put up people like Master P talking about they own something and really they don't, they're really struggling on the high levels to own something too because of institutionalized racism, because of 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 all these things that we've had to endure as a people in America. What Tony is saying is very true. They're locked out. They can only get so far and it only has white capital carrying them. And so what I talk about, when I was talking about today, the power of influence to, uh, today in 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 um in this 21st century, in the 21st year, okay, we're going to have to pay very close attention to who's influencing us, why, what they're telling, what they're telling us, and why. And we need to start to understand the politics behind it, okay? We need to understand, hey. Uh, Wait a minute, that's black. Are you playing on my emotions to get? Because, see, listen, let me tell you something about black people. Black people will support you if you own 10% of it. Black people, listen, ADOS, FBA, traditional black America, whatever you call them, 
we are that type of people. We will we will support. We just be so proud. We be so happy. So we will go out there and support. But part of that too is sometimes we have low self esteem and we don't really tend to. We get too proud of some of these people and not understanding that they're using their individual wealth to exploit the community, right? And so the, some of these things will do nothing to help the community, even though Master P is talking about coming back and giving to the community. And I agree, Tone goes on to talk about it. you got to be more than turkeys and free groceries at the end of the day. Black people need more than that. We need you to be involved in black politics that get black people, uh, that get wealth into black people's hands, that get uh, uh, restorative justice into black people's hands where black people can have generational wealth and they can also be able to compete because we're going into now a time where you're having uh, 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 things like Amazon and stuff like that. And it's hard for where black business is at. It's very, very hard for us to be able to compete with monsters like that. Right, because they have had a head start that we have not had. You know what I'm saying? When you people, people say, "Well, Jeff Bezos started off in his garage." Okay, let me tell you something about that. Jeff Bezos. I bet a lot of people. He's somebody in his family has some wealth. Jeff, there's a lot of the stories sometimes we don't understand, and that white wealth has been able to build largely on black labor. Okay, so um, I really want you guys to take a listen at at Tone Talk talk about Master P. Uh, for buying pancakes, that's why he's all over the place selling. Because like he he said, get a business and you know perfect it. I get why he's 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 got his hands in different businesses, but I also understand that it's hard to its ownership is still harder at the higher levels because if black people are not empowered, neither will your businesses be. Because in America, race is such a huge thing. Um, even though we want businesses that are cultural cross-cultural, understand that black America has to be in a position to be able to help you and to fund you so that you won't be at, uh, uh, subjected to white capitalism. And if black, uh, if, if there's no black wealth, of course these businesses are going to fail. Of course you're going to do things that don't help the community because you, you, you're, again, white capital is in, in control and it doesn't sometimes address the needs and the problems of of the black community in the way that we needed to affect it. And a lot of what's, what's happening with a lot of these people like Jay-Z and Master P, a lot of these guys, they're, they they somewhat business savvy, but not really, you know what I'm saying? They lie to street guys and stuff like that. So they really, sometimes they get these guys to, to buy these shells or get them to be the face. And they don't understand how they're being used sometimes. I don't understand the situation. Uh, and that's sometimes why we see a lot of celebrity because celebrity is used to influence the masses, and uh, celebrity can be very one of the most very most deceptive, deceptive uh, 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 situations ever. And it's really been used to sell the black public down the river. I mean, they'll show black celebrities houses and stuff like that. And a lot of times, black people won't understand that sometimes this wealth—they don't have this wealth that they—they they be bragging on. Sometimes the wealth is a half of it is assets, most of it's assets, and about a percentage of it is ten percent of it's liquid. Okay, I mean they don't—they just don't have the wealth. And part of the reason they don't have the wealth is because they haven't done black politics. I agree with Tom. They haven't done. They haven't 
made sure ensured that legislation and things get done to ensure black businesses survive and succeed. And you have to have in a racist society like America, you have to have the government situations that can help black businesses, such as what Byron Allen was doing when hardly nobody showed up for Byron Allen, but ADOS a few uh, months ago. And even some people, I disagree with Tyreek and them talking against Byron Allen because I thought it didn't, and that was a very, that law could help. It could help black businesses to uh to get advertisers and things like that. So, you know, I mean, to me that wasn't nothing personal about using ADOS and I don't they be personal beef they personal beef got in the way of real legislation that could have really helped uh the masses in terms of um uh in terms of, you know, uh terms of their business, okay? And, you know, just respectfully disagree with uh, them on how they Tyreek and how they handled that one. Just respectfully disagree. But you know, um, yeah, so I totally agree with Tone on this, and I think Tone and Yvette have a lot right here in what they say and about how important it is to do black politics with black business, because if you don't do black politics with black business and get legislation passed and making sure that black America is being able to sit, you're going to lose. And that's why I say, too, a lot about a lot of these celebrities when they talk about Georgia runoff, vote, vote. They Like, a lot of times they don't understand what's going on in these uh, these certain communities they haven't really taken a look they don't really know they just they just sitting there talking to it's a lot of times it's boo boo uh um the boule portion of black america and they're talking to the upper scale of black america who's used to doing things a certain way and not going to the grassroots and not uh, grassroots are usually closer to uh the problem than anybody and they see the issues and uh, not hearing the issues, like I, that's why I appreciate Ice Cube because he listened to uh, black people from the grassroots level. He understood that them, a lot of them well-to-do, you know, black people. They don't know. They be lost in the south. They be trying to get jobs. They be trying to get in with the Democratic Party and all that stuff. But people on the low level are seeing the hurt. Not to say that some of them won't be trying to do that, but I'm just saying that a lot of times they're seeing the hurt and they, they give you the real of what's really needed, what's really going on. And you get to really see uh, grassroots movements and how they move. And the grassroots movements are not often controlled by white liberals. So you get a, a different picture of, of how to help the community. I mean, you know, just last week you heard about, too, uh, Black Lives Matter. Like people are talking about Black Lives Matter, they don't know where the money. They people gave lots of money to Black Lives Matter, but what what happened? They a lot of people are saying allegedly that Black Lives Matter could be a shell for other white liberal organizations. Like it doesn't when they give that money, then they spread it out among other organizations. And see, this is what happens when you put other people in control of a movement that is not uh, funded by black folks, okay, or helped by black folks, okay? So the, even, you know, um, I saw the same thing I felt, my personal opinion. Sometimes a lot of times these big organizations will try to down uh, the smaller organizations or try to put something bad on them so that they won't get any funding. But I remember, I can't quite remember this whole thing, but I remember when Wyclef was trying to, uh, uh, for Haiti, he was trying to, uh, uh, run for president. He didn't want. He was kind of influencing people to get to the local charities in Haiti and not the bigger, and even to his own charity. They really tried to come against a YCF charity and stuff like that. But I actually believe trusted in his charity much more because he was on. He understood Haiti. You know, I, I didn't like. 
like the big organizations, like the background, like the Clinton Foundation, so like come find out them allegedly approved taking the money. But these little organizations actually get money sometimes to the ground and get and get help to where people where it's needed and it's not spread out to bigger populations, and then you don't understand where the money went to because it's funneled through all these uh, other organizations and stuff like that. So. Um, that's what even Black Lives Matter right now is having that problem because a lot of the Black Lives Matter uh, smaller groups, uh, smaller chapters around the country can't get money. And that's because that organization probably doesn't have control of the funding. So, you know, we got to be very careful, but we call ourselves supporting, okay? We, we, especially when you put these names behind. That's why I say the power of influence this year. Watch your influencers. Watch if they un- and understand if they know what they're influencing, okay? I don't pay no attention to too many celebrities because most celebrities are always influencing what's popular. And usually what's popular most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time ain't shit, okay? So, um Especially when I see the runoff Georgia, like a lot of them will support stuff and you'll hit the link and you'll go to something where they're saying donate. I'm like, donate to what? Where's the money going to? Like after the runoff in Georgia, where the fuck the money going to go to? The Democratic Party, where's the money going to go to? Is it going to go to help any of those people on the ground in which these senators uh, call themselves running for? And see, sometimes celebrities are just in it to go popular. Like, I'm just going to support the Democrats because, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. And they don't understand the pain, which is irresponsible to me. It's, ir- it's an irresponsible use of your, uh, my personal opinion, it's an irresponsible use of your influence to in- use something that you, to be to be out there talking about something you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, it's just crazy to me. Like, I saw a little celebrity, a big time celebrity, she was talking to influencing people to go vote in the Georgia, the, for the Georgia runoffs and thanking everybody. She didn't know what the, she, I was watching her, she looked like she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. She looked like she was, like, literally, like, like they gave her something to say. And blah, 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 and it's like, what? I mean, I was like, I mean, you use your influence for something you don't even understand? Do you understand how power, powerful your influence is? Do you understand how powerful it is to be able to move people to ideas, to move people to do something? And you just cheaply give it away to any organization that comes up to you and asks you. I don't care who it's just a bunch of celebrities in it. Why would you just cheaply? And so it just it makes me more say to you guys, that this year, make sure you understand the power of influence and the power that celebrities, particularly in the black community, have over our community. And don't, sometimes don't pay as much attention to them, especially when they say black owned. When they say black owned, I always double check. I you go look at this and say, you know, just, like, like people thought Diddy owns the rock. And for a minute, I did too, because I checked it out. I mean, I took that way long time ago. But then I realized he was a brand manager. And I ain't got no problem with being a brand manager. Hey, I ain't got no problem with that shit. Kind of like a brand manager, okay? I mean, he has a brand. Like, you know, like he has a record label. Like, if you got a record label, you you have a record label on some Sony. <laughs> like, he has a brand as a part of a bigger, and there's a bigger parent company over it, okay? So, the thing is, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we tell people black-owned because we exploit black people and hoping that they'll go support us, well, you only got to – and then black people start not understanding 
when uh, black businesses and your black businesses are shut down or things are not happening, they're like, what happened? Because they're not understanding that these people really don't own these things. And that we're we're that they're masking that we're in in bigger trouble than than we know, and that even they're not as wealthy as they come off. And I knew that when I heard I went to go see uh, Dennis Kimbrough talk one time, and Dennis Kimbrough said something so powerful. He he said that he had went and this is this is just don't quote me on this, but I went to see him talk at a bookstore, and he's the guy who wrote. Uh, he 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 wrote a lot of books, but he wrote uh, 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 the 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 he complete, completed Napoleon Hill's book for black people about wealth, I, and I forget the name of it. But he was saying that B, one of the B, the heads of BET asked him to come to the BET awards, and he said because he said she she said to him they they don't know how to handle their money. I mean, they're just, they just, they're, they're overspent. They, they, they don't have any, a lot of these celebrities don't have any money. A lot of these entertainers don't. And he was like, saying he was shocked. But I was, you know, I, but I wasn't, but that, but they show these pictures of you to, to you of wealth and over, and a lot of wealth they don't have, you know, they're selling products to you. They're selling ideas to you. I love Tone Talk said something I thought was so dope. I love it. He said, Antonio Moore said, they're selling you black aspirations. Woo, I said, oh, boy, I got to use that. That is exactly what they're doing, selling you black aspiration. But they don't, under, they don't understand how the power of black politics works with that aspiration. You can't have aspiration without politics. And to me, my also personal opinion is spirituality, because you got to have spirituality in there, because you got to be able to move the people. Okay, but uh, the power of, uh, uh, he's right. We can't move anything without black politics. And a lot of times what we have is a lot of black celebrities who get, who who got a lot of friends in high places and they're using their influence and their power in their space. Uh, use them kind of as a salesperson to you. They're the goal. They're the in-between man. And meanwhile, they're exploiting your eye, your, your, your hopes for black aspiration, for your, your hopes for black, uh, black people to make it, they're exploiting that. And that's ugly to me. That's ugly, and it's the worst kind. Because black people support you no matter what. But that's a, just a very ugly thing. And a lot of times it's because a lot of people in our community doesn't don't understand how business works and money works and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's nothing wrong with doing business like that. I have no problem with that. Like I said, I'd be a brand, man, be some brand manager if I could. But there is a problem when we sell black people aspirations without selling them without letting them know hey this is why we are failing as a group this is why we can't get things done this is why you know what i'm saying like and so you know um i i encourage y'all again to listen to that tone talks because i thought it was very good and then it also speaks to what i'm talking about this today about looking at the power of influence and who is influencing you, okay? Even if it's your favorite celebrity, I'm telling you, don't get caught up always in what they say and don't just get behind something because they say it, okay? Because a lot of them fools don't know what they're talking about either, <laughs> okay? All right, so also in the news, uh, we were talking about healthcare workers. Oh, and I'm going to talk about that Jay-Z thing, too. I'm going to read that to y'all, too, a little bit later. But it says, some healthcare workers refuse to take COVID vaccine, even with priority access, okay? So a lot of healthcare workers are saying, hell to the no, no, no. 
I love it. <laughs> but they said healthcare, healthcare workers are not poor, okay? So they're saying, uh, let me let me read you guys this. Uh, it says, this is from Los Angeles Times. It says, there are frontline workers with top priority access to COVID-19 vaccine, but they are refusing to take it. At St. Elizabeth's Community Hospital in Tehama County, fewer than half of the 700 hospital workers eligible for the vaccine were willing to take the shot when it was first offered. At Providence Holy Cross Medical Center in Mission Hills, one in five in frontline nurses and doctors have declined the shot. Roughly 20% to 40% of L.A. County's frontline workers who were offered the vaccine did the same, according to county public health officials. But many frontline workers in Riverside County have refused the vaccine, an estimated 50% that hospital and public officials met to strategize how to distribute the unused doses. Public Health Director Kim Sarachi said, the vaccine doubts swirling among healthcare workers across the country come as a surprise to the researchers who assume hospital staff will be among the most in tune with the scientific data backing the vaccine. The scientific evidence is clear regarding the safety and efficiency of the vaccines after the trials involving tens of thousands of participants. Mm, I don't know. I, listen, you know, I think that that has to, my personal opinion, at first I didn't even think it was the fastness of it. I wasn't surprised at the fastness of it. But it is just pharma, big pharma just sometimes can't be trusted. I mean, you know, the, the you know, it, and it's high political season, and it's been a race for all these people to, to get vaccines and stuff like that. I, you know, it's just a, it's just the the narrative that is behind the vaccines that that's a little bit scary about did they rush it too fast? And I think that sometimes the first batch is not the one to be a part of. <laughs> so I can't blame the health workers, but when you see health workers turning this down, I am not surprised okay not surprised at all okay not surprised all right controversial bill gates funded plan to dim the sun's rays moves forward quietly right, bill gates is crazy as fuck i don't know why anybody's out here listening to the computer guy send his ass back to the it department what are y'all doing out here listening to bill gates i'm not quite sure what's going on here this is a crazy world you can have a lot of money and people just start listening to your ass about anything and they're like they do it like shooting rays at the sun? I've read this story before, and I didn't know he was behind the project. But this is according to politicalfire.com. It says a bizarre challenge plan to save Earth funded by tech guru, uh, to save Earth funded by tech guru Bill Gates is quietly moving forward. The plan to dim the sun's rays and their impact on the Earth is reportedly all in the name of helping revitalize the environment and thus save the human race. He is a crazy-ass Scorpio. I mean, it's really, when we believe something, we just can either be really nutty as fruitcakes or, oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> you don't want, the, you don't want us in charge of giving the stuff. <laughs> but anyway, he says, the billionaire philanthropist is set on saving this earth no matter the cost, okay? While you may have been paying attention to Gates' efforts on vaccination and lockdown might have been a distraction. You may not have noticed that one of Gates' most controversial causes just got a go-ahead, a project that would help block out the sun. The Western Journal Douglas Golden wrote, Rodgers reported that the geoengineering plan, a Harvard University project funded largely by Gates, 
plans to test out the controversial theory that global warming can't be stopped by spraying particles into the atmosphere that will reflect the sun's rays. The news organization reported that the Swedish Space Corporation has already taken strides in testing out the theory. Open-air research into spraying tiny sun-reflecting particles into the stratosphere to offset global warming has been solved for years by controversies, including that it could discharge needed cuts in greenhouse gas emissions. Reuters report, in a small step, the Swedish Space Corporation agreed this week to help Harvard researchers launch a balloon near the Arctic town of Karuna, Karuna next June. It would carry a gondola, gondola with 600 k uh, uh, kilograms of scientific equipment and 20, kilo, uh, 20 kilometers, 12 miles high, high, miles high. Snowden also cited journals, Journal Nature, which broke the plan down to, uh, into more easily comprehensible terms. The idea is simple. Spray a bunch of particles into the stratosphere, and they will cool the planet by reflecting some of the sun's rays back into space. Nature's Jeff Tolson wrote in 2018, Scientists have already witnessed the principle in action. Okay, listen. When you start, I just feel like, you know, and that humans don't understand. You cannot stop global warming, okay? You can slow it down, but you can't stop it. The earth constantly changes. The earth is always evolving. The earth has been through ice ages before. The earth is all, you cannot stop it. You can't slow it down. But fucking shooting particles at the sun is nutty. Okay, this is my personal opinion. So when we see weather changing, see, this is partly like when we see weather changes. I've talked about harp on here before and other stuff. A lot of people are playing games with human, with nature, Mother Nature. You playing. You ain't God. You playing. You ain't got that much intelligence yet. And you moving, you, we moving the atmosphere into, we moving into some crazy things. I actually don't think it's been global warming, some of it. Some of it, I think, is just being humans trying to test scientific shit and jack it up, okay? That's <laughs> and, and spraying rays at the damn uh, sun, those, the, damn, the sun rays don't sound like a good-ass idea to me, okay? It sounds like a crazy idea, crazy and ludicrous, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Bill Gates' ass is just, oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Okay, we got some callers on the line. Okay, guys, I see some of you guys got your blue thing up. If you got your blue thing up, okay, that means you want to talk. So if you don't want to talk, don't uh, put your blue thing up, okay? So for those of you, I'm going to go to a caller right now. Okay, so so y'all see some of y'all taking your blue things off. Okay, so take your blue thing off if you don't want to talk, okay? Because <laughs> I'll come to you. 314, you are on the call out of chat. What's up? What's up? Didn't Malcolm X warn about using entertainers for leaders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. I just played him talking about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah. I agree with you about these ideas of uh, coming up with solutions for global warming. Yeah. If you spray a reflective material, that's going to prevent the sun's rays from coming down. And what about people that's using solar panels? Now <laughs> you are cutting off the amount of elect rays that they're going to receive. Crazy. Isn't it crazy? Just nutty. Uh, it's, yeah. It's scary. And, and <laughs> what about your tomatoes in the backyard? Won't be getting as much sunshine as they need to. You'll be harvesting tomatoes mm-hmm. in October instead of July. Yes. 
I mean, it is a very dangerous uh, idea. I mean, I just can't. Uh, and the farming community is already affected. So to me, to just do something like this just is not responsible whatsoever. It's just. And, and who's going to agree to this? It's it's more than five or six people on Earth. You got people in another country, their place. The sun is for them too. Yes. Yeah. But you well, just you gonna know, have an umbrella over the, over the over United States? Uh, well, you know, Bill Gates uh, has this crazy influence, and I don't. I didn't know he was behind it. I actually read this story a couple of months ago. And I laughed at it then, but then it came out this week that he is the money behind it. And I was like, oh, that, that, yeah. that figure. <laughs> these, uh, these super billionaires, <clears throat> if you get to explore and you find some of them behind a whole lot of things. And actually yeah. too many multiple things because they get to the point where they sort of like block you in, like playing uh, ch- checkers, where yeah. you can't get away from them, and that's that's when that's when the authorities should step in and claim that they're creating monopolies. That's what they've done to the Rockefellers way back when. Well, you know, how far do you think they, they? What do you think about the technocrats? Because I think they've gotten so. I actually think they're responsible for Donald Trump not winning. I think the technocrats have gotten so powerful. That uh, that Donald Trump was kind of trying to stop that, I believe. So, what do you kind of think on the in terms of? Do you think we've turned into a technocracy that we can't turn back now? Well, Donald Trump is probably going to end up in the White House because there's some more things going on that's constitutional. But yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you on these these uh, Facebooks and Twitters, and uh, they don't got beside themselves when they for, forbid conservative speech. Uh, yeah. From being portrayed, and yeah. they want to—if anything had to do with the virus and the election—they want to cite you with fat checks and everything. But what about all this yeah. other phony stuff that's being posted? And I can name a whole lot of them, especially with religious content. They don't say anything that's about that. So no, Very it's uh, <laughs> it's something else. Now let me say something else about black. I don't. See, here's the thing. You always have these groups that come up and say they got the potion and the medicine for black people. Yeah. And whether it's the Farrakhans, whether it's the Hebrews, whether it's Malachi, you, you always, uh, uh, you know, back then you had Marcus Garvey and Elijah Muhammad. Then if black, say, say when black folks don't do something, and if they're the ones that's prescribing this, then they say it's something wrong with their mind. They say that they sleep and ain't woke. The reason why come they don't do like you want them or would like to see them do is very, very simple. They don't want to. <laughs> wow. They don't want to be involved with that. And you asking about the money, for Black Lives Matter, hell, what happened to all the money that the, the Million Man March was supposed to have collected? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that you, you're talking about, I mean, 
we do have to fact check. I think even sometimes black organizations. Uh, but I really, I mean, the Black Lives Matter thing was very disturbing because they got billions of dollars. I mean, like not millions, but billions of dollars came in during the riot, and now they can't find it. But they had another group, a li- of more of a white liberal group. Well, come to find out, they it, Black Lives Matter was sort of allegedly acting like a feeder for other white liberal organizations such as LGBTQ, a lot of other organizations. It was feeding, and nobody knew that. So when you gave the Black Lives Matter, you might have been given to a number of organizations allegedly. So Yeah, it's a, it's a name brand. Yeah, so it's, it's very uh, disheartening for people because now people are like, well, mm-hmm. what happened? Y'all don't know what happened to all these people who said they were ahead of it. Now the, the the local who were thinking they were just doing things to fight black, uh, you know, black, you know, fight for black This rights. is a big old scam. Didn't know they sure. were connected. That's yeah. a big old scam. Now, now, here's a good story right here. This uh, You made mention of the election in Georgia. The preacher uh-huh. who's, head, who's a pastor at Ebenezer, the church that Martin okay. Luther King, he's running for yeah. election. Now, this man and his wife which looks like a child to me, and he looks to be like 70, where is the black feminist? This lady was complaining and how he treats her and everything else. And there's one incident that showed up on YouTube. Supposedly he was supposed to have ran over a foot. He was taking oh the God. kids. Man, you ain't supposed to take them kids. Them kids belong with the mother. And this young woman... Where is the complainers about when an older man is with a younger woman? There ain't no place to wow. be found. Have you seen him? I didn't even notice. No, I haven't seen him. I didn't even. Now, who is he? He's running for. What is he running for? He's running for senator. Georgia. He's one of the one of the races in Georgia of the two that's running for seats. He's one on the Democratic side. About the guy, I forget the guy's name. The other one, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. He looks kind of black young, man. Yeah, he looks like he's in his fifties or sixties. He looks more Am like seventy. You think so? I don't think so. But I didn't hear nothing about him running over somebody's foot or anything like that. Wow. Yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> they, she called the police on him, and they showed oh, up. A, wow. I haven't heard. And that. she say all he thinks about is himself. He's selfish. He's worried about the election. He's putting on a this, that, and the other. Check it out. You can determine yourself because you got them good eyes. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. Alleg- <laughs> we gonna say allegedly, y'all, because I haven't read anything about. I know that this. Well, I actually don't believe the Democrats want. Let me let me just say this. I don't believe, and I know people think that makes me Republican. I, I you know, I have, I, I go, I lean both ways. If you listen to this show all the time. But I do not believe that the Democrats won this election. I said they were going to cheat, but I, I knew when they They did cheated the big post-post. time. Yeah. They I cheated did, big yeah. And see, here's the thing here. It's not whether – I don't care if Trump was running. It could have been Mickey Mouse. We're talking about the Constitution here. Yeah. See, yeah. what they've done – and actually, see, them states – the, Texas sued, what, four or five states. Georgia is one, yeah. Pennsylvania. And because – especially in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania – Governor allowed them to do something that was totally against the state constitution. Now, check this out. Blacks always hollering about voter oppression, right? You always hear that. Oh, they putting this in place to keep us from coming to vote. 
Well, the blacks that voted for Donald Trump, their votes are being oppressed the way these states carried out the election illegally and also was not concerned to the extent that they should have been with these mail-in ballots. Yeah. I knew the mail-in ballots was a problem. That was yeah, a it very is big. It, it was. I I I said that when I I saw that I when I saw they were going to do that, I said that's going to be a mess. That's going to be. And then uh, Pennsylvania was. I mean, Philadelphia was, and especially that Philadelphia area. But it was very weird about how they uh, Pennsylvania period to say. I mean, it was just very weird about how those ballots came in. I mean, after the election, you allow them to have ballots after the election's over? I mean, the election's wow, over. Wow, it was coming in four days after the damn election. Yeah. You know that ain't no good. But, you know, I, <laughs> I think there's a solution for that. You know what yeah. the solution is? Federal candidate ballots should be separate from the state in wow. local That's elections. That's a good idea. I kind of agree with that. I can agree with you that. You should have professional people that's handling those ballots. They should not come from the from the district where candidates are running. That way you remove bias. They should be vetted. Just like you go through the process of getting a passport. And they scan you. When you show up, they take a picture of you, look at your eyes and all. That's the type of vetting that needs to be done with people who are participating in federal elections? The separate only from I the local. Only thing I have a problem with that is I think at a certain age group, though, they need to cut it because sometimes it's very hard because, especially with this new way they have IDing people, it's very hard for the elderly, like the really older people, to get their birth certificates and stuff like that. So I do believe they need to give the older elderly just a little bit more leeway in terms of vote to vote. Because they, can, well, you know, they don't have the ID the, sometimes. Properly. The same thing yeah. you go through to get a passport, it needs to be the same verification when it comes down to voting. You know, illegals vote because they can get home mortgages using their I-10 number, and they well, take those yeah, closing I, papers. They take those closing papers and go to the registration office and register to vote. They illegal. Well, that's that. That's that's very bad, but I for the older citizens in America, I do think they need because now they're even making it hard for older because with the new uh, IDs, like older people have to go try to dig up their birth certificates. And you know, if you're born in the 30s, it's harder for you in the 20s. It's harder for you to find your birth certificate sometimes. You know, so, 30. That means yeah. you 90 some odd years old. Ain't too much. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't vote. Listen, I. My grandparents are in their 80s, and they go vote, and it was hard for them to find for the new IDs, their birth certificates and stuff. So that they do go vote, so they're still very, yeah, they should get, uh, they active. should have that, they should have all that stuff straightened out by now. But as I no, said before, because they have, well, because in the state of Missouri, well, in the state of Missouri, someplace like the state of Missouri, now they've changed it to these new IDs, right? Uh, with the you have yeah. to have a star on it. So now they're saying that your old IDs don't even work. So now they want you to go get a birth certificate. Like if you were born in the 30s, 1931, 32, you need to go dig up your birth certificate from some of these, you know, places and try to find it. Sometimes it's Yeah, but it ain't that many it ain't that many people no walking around 90, 95 years old. But I, I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's why I just said that's 
I understand what you're saying. There should be some provisions to take care of them. But what I'm saying is this, is that a ID for a federal election should be peculiar from anything else because states can do whatever they want to. Leave them alone. Federal government has no control over them. It's that federal election. And that ballot should not be the same. It should be different. And, you know, all the complaints they have, people signing affidavits, how they was treated. You got ballots showing up that have never been folded. You know they was ran through a daggone copy machine. Wow. I mean, that's bad. I I do know that. I do believe that Donald Trump was cheated out this election. I knew that was going to happen. I, I actually wish that Donald Trump had, my personal opinion, is that he immediately, he knew it was coming. I just wish that he would have immediately put tighter things. I mean, really put a, a force he couldn't do on nothing him. with it. He couldn't do nothing with that because the states control it. Now, what Congress oh, can right, do, yeah, yeah the Congress right. can do, state, yeah. Congress can put in place to make it a separate ballot for federal candidates. Now, as I yeah. said before, if it's a local mayor, and, if it's the some stuff, leave them have their own ballot. They can do whatever they want to with them. And see, the way it is now, these states that Texas drew suit on, the people mm-hmm. that, the people of those states are supposed to take care of that first with their legislature, okay? Yeah. Since the people did not do it, then uh, Texas uh, stood up and came forth, and these other states joined on with them to file suit, and they went to the uh-huh. Supreme Court. Well, I remember the Supreme that, yeah. Court... The Supreme Court is supposed to hear controversies between states. But here's the point. They didn't take it then. They say, go work it out at the states first. And that's what's getting ready to happen. All you need is one senator and one representative to say they do not want to accept the outcome of the electors' vote. Then, So is this what everybody's talking about next week? Everybody talking yeah. about with Cruz and them. Okay, okay, okay. What happened okay. is that eventually, and where it should do, every state will have a vote. That's how they wow. go about choosing. The pre- See, people don't elect no presidents. The Constitution said the presidents are elected by the states. The states are 50 different countries, and they choose to have their executive. Now, you got I, more red I, states... I, 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 this to people. I love that you said that because I tried to explain to people that the electoral <laughs> college because a lot of people get so angry about the electoral college, but I tell them, I said, no, actually you're seeing that very early on down the, like when you send delegates to conventions and stuff like that, they don't really understand the process, but I love that you just said the state elects the president. I lo- they, they don't really get that, but I love what you said. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, they need to read the Constitution. That's what it is. Each state, see, before those states became part of the Union, they was territories. They was territories. They formed their government, created their own state constitution. Then they voted to join the Union. Okay? It's the same thing with Juneteenth. Juneteenth don't mean anything. Abraham's Emancipation Proclamation don't mean nothing. A proclamation is not a law. A law would have to be an act going to Congress, and Congress would have to vote it to become a law. So his proclamation is nothing more than saying good job or something like that. 
Now, here's another wow. thing. Interesting. His proclamation, you know, the funny thing, blacks say that the Constitution don't mean anything to them. Well, why are you wanting to have a national celebration on Juneteenth, which is nothing more than a celebration of Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which don't mean nothing? It's not a law. Well, I'm glad he wrote it, though. <laughs> Well, what what <laughs> done away with slavery was the Thirteenth Amendment. But guess this, guess yeah. guess what? With this, right. guess what? Right. Now let right. me tell you about this. Those states voted to leave the union. He didn't have no control over them at all. When they voted right. to leave the union, the federal law was nullified. It didn't mean nothing. You got states today talking about seceding from the leave, union. Yes, seceding. Yes. Always, now, guess always what? Texas, Minnesota, California, there's a lot of states. Now, guess what happened? Yeah. If they were to uh, secede from the union, say California did, or any of them, uh-huh. then the federal law is nullified. They don't recognize it no more. Wow. So, the abolition so, so of slavery. another civil war. Oh my God! You could be looking weird. at. They might put some people oh. might grab you and put you in slavery. <laughs> no, we ain't having that. But I get what you say. You know what? I'm, but see, this is the important. This is the important thing of understanding. That's why I love. So, I, I, so many times, why people don't understand the deep parts of the Constitution and how it works and everything. But I love that you called in and said that because that's a very. It's a straight up true statement. Well, a lot of times we don't get that uh, deep into it. So I love that. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. See, I, I love it. I agree. But that's for Nasty calling it, too. I think B. Oxy told me so much for calling me. And I, I appreciate that because, you know, me and him, we have different thoughts on things. But I always appreciate his take on it because I know he, he's a Trump guy, but um, – I can appreciate that take. I, I because a lot of times we do not understand that that it was the Thirteenth Amendment that uh, really uh, uh, it, it uh, got rid of slavery. Uh, it, it's so it's so ticky. That's why. <laughs> so that's why I say it is important for us to understand the Constitution. The Constitution. That's why I say it is. Even though the Constitution was written by imperfect men, it was a, actually a very great document. Okay, and those are amendments. To it, you know, when we talk about slavery and stuff like that, uh, and that's why I say the Constitution is is not a bad document. It was just it, it just the men who wrote it were just imperfect, but they they would you know with the idea they were talking about freedom and independence, but yet had slaves. But at the same time, it is a very important document to understand. It is I mean it is, it's pretty interesting. I love what he said there. That's, that was good. That's good talk. Okay, all right, you guys. So. Last nine minutes, because we know we're gonna probably have a, a a part two of the show, and so I will probably because I have some more. We're gonna talk about Square reportedly interested in buying tiles from Jay Z. I didn't really get to that story today, so I'll probably have a part two later on. Um, and then also uh, the side effects of the vaccine, because people are having side effects out here. So I want to talk about that. Uh, we want to talk about R. Kelly. They said his trial date, child. They said Robert's child trial date. Okay. Robert, Robert's trial. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We've got a lot of bad publicity for, on them from the press. And I always said, Robert is kind of, you know, I ain't saying he ain't a little short in the mind, okay? 
But what I'm trying to say is, listen, if he didn't have all this bad publicity and stuff, some of these cases are flimsy. That's why I think they put so many charges on him in so many states because they wanted something to stick to put him in jail. But I have read some of these charges. Oh, my God, it's going to be hard to prove. I'm going to just tell you right now, I wouldn't be surprised if R. Kelly, the only thing that hurts R. Kelly is his press. And I hate when media taints, and this is not because I'm an R. Kelly fan or whatever you want to believe. I, I, You know, I can see things both ways. I I do like R. Kelly music, though. But um, the, 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 the here's the thing. I don't like when you taint the jury because it's it's hard to make to get a, tr- a jury that can be fair and that can look at the law. And the jury has definitely, to me, been tainted because, I mean, they've, put, they've been boarded in the press, all this stuff about R. Kelly. This is all over. And we don't know what's true, what's factual, what's not, what's not factual, what is factual. And I've read some of this stuff, and I was like, oh, my God. Some of the stuff he could probably really get off because uh, some of the evidence I read, I don't know if that's really even I, – I don't really know. A lot of these women, some of them were legal in certain states. I mean – put a lot on this guy to just, you know, to bring him down. And the one thing to me that hurts R. Kelly is, surprisingly, I'm not going to say the video. I know black people love to talk about that video, but to me, I mean, it looks like R. Kelly, but I always said the video was fuzzy. To be honest, you really couldn't really tell. <laughs> back in the day, I mean, I saw it back in the day. <laughs> but, you know, um, and the person denied, the person who was in the video denied that that was her, okay? So that's the only thing we have on that. The only thing that makes R. Kelly look sleazy is this Aaliyah thing. Aaliyah, marrying Aaliyah was not the business, okay? Because she was so young. Um, and from that, his continued, his, his, him dating younger, young girls. You know what I'm saying? Something, now, the girls were legal. The ones we know of seem legal. And then now you got girls telling stories, but I just don't know, you know, because a lot of these parents were complicit trying to get record deals. It's just allegedly, I mean, yeah, I don't know what we're going to see with R. Kelly. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if R. Kelly got off a lot of these charges if the press is not paying attention. If the press is paying attention, he's going to jail because they're going to bam. But then again, Michael Jackson, let me tell you something. Michael Jackson, who the press ferociously went after, ferociously, and got off all them charges, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, twice. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Dr. Dre news, him and his wife news, and uh, Lamar Odom. We're going to talk about Chrissy Teigen giving up drinking. I really want to talk. There is so much I want to get to. So we're going to get to part two. I'm going to try that. Oh, Tyrese getting a divorce. Child. I think I heard about Tyrese getting a divorce out of these streets, okay? I know what some of y'all said. Y'all scared of this guy. <laughs> I know. I know. I've heard what some of y'all <laughs> Listen, I, listen I, you know what? I'm talking about Tyrese. Tyrese is just a difficult Virgo male. I don't know. You know, um, Tyrese is hilarious. I mean, I was like, sis, sis, got to see the 90 degree weather. I can't blame her ass for getting a divorce. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Ain't nobody sleeping at 90 degrees. Sorry, sorry, talking about he he sleeps at 90 degrees to get rid of COVID. Crazy as hell. I've never heard such crazy stuff. Okay. But we got to talk about that. So we're going to talk about Tyrese and all of this stuff and um, on the part two. And the part two is just, uh, uh, just be straight up celebrity news. 
And we'll continue to talk about the influence of celebrity. And I want to talk about Kamala Harris. We got to talk about Kamala Harris talking about Kwanzaa. Talking about she used to celebrate Kwanzaa because she was doing well. I'm like, girl, you know you didn't celebrate no Kwanzaa. Most black people I know did not celebrate. <laughs> Most black people didn't start making Kwanzaa a thing if it was a thing in the black community until like the 80s. <laughs> Even though it started like in the 60s, like late 60s, early 70s, but nobody was really celebrating it then. Kamala was saying her and her Indian family were celebrating Kwanzaa. Girl, bye. This girl, this lady is ridiculous. I mean, she's such a ridiculous liar. I, <laughs> but y'all like her, though. Y'all like Skiwi or whatever it is. Okay, uh, and we got to talk about that. And, uh, oh, man, we got that's that's the one thing. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. When I get back, oh, I talked about Lamar Odom, too, and his girlfriend breaking up. Breaking up. So we're going to do all of that, part two of the show. I'm going to try to do part two. I don't want to put any days on it because you guys get so mad at me when I don't do the day I say I'm going to do. <laughs> so, okay, I'll try to do midnight tonight. If I don't do midnight tonight, expect it tomorrow or sometime during the week. Okay. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying out here in these streets. I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So I am out. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful uh, rest of your weekend. I'll be back with part two, hopefully sometime soon. Let's leave out with, dang it, what are we going to leave out with? Did you take Cody and Haley already? Or we take them? Uh, let's leave out, leave out with, I mean, I had a song. Time's on my, well, I think, I don't know what to give y'all. <laughs> oh, I know this one. I love this one. I blame you, Lady we out. See y'all.
listening to the sound of my voice. You are listening to the archive show. You know what? Thank you guys for hanging out with me like you do every week, listening to me rant, rave, whatever I be doing. Y'all know how. Y'all know how I be doing up on here. I don't know. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what? It, I, I mean, I be saying something, okay? Y'all be listening, okay? Thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening to the show. Make sure you can you hit me up on Carly's underscore galaxy. That's my Instagram. You can also hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. And you can hit me up on C Chatwood Show and Carlotta72. Those are both Twitter accounts, okay? I'm usually mostly on C Chatwood Show side though, okay? So but follow both, all right? Thank you guys for hanging out. I appreciate y'all so much, man. We made it into 2021. Hey. <laughs> I'm excited. Woohoo. All right, you guys. Have a good, good what's that? I don't know if it's the first well, it'd be the it would be the first Monday. What's the, Monday in 2000? No, first Sunday in 2021. So enjoy your Sunday, okay? Enjoy. Enjoy. Get out, get you some air, all of that, okay? All right, you guys. I'm leaving out with uh, Gerald Levert. Funny you called, all right? I'm out. See y'all. <laughs> it's going to be one of them days. Today.